0: The weekend just got more entertaining. It's Weekend Joe on Claves Online, driven by Munganast St. Louis Acura. Hear from some of the big names in St. Louis and national sports every weekend. And now, here's Joe Roderick and me. I'm Andy Hanselman.
1: welcome on into another episode of weekend joe driven by Munganas St Louis Acura right here on clavesonline.com as uh, another weekend is here I am Joe Roderick joined alongside by my co-host Andy Hanselman Andrew hello how are you Joseph hello how are you I'm good I am uh, I'm doing great I'm doing great a lot of nice weather on the way this uh this week after a uh eh, a ho hum type of uh week, a very wet week, but I uh I- I'm looking forward to a, a nice weekend and a nice uh nice little show we got for you today too. Andy, five guests on the uh on the program today. Five of them? Five. It started off as, I, you know, it's, I think I, I usually go around Tuesday. I have an idea in my head every week of who I want to get on the show. And then Tuesday, I start sending out texts and I start trying to plan when to record with people. And it just kept rolling this week. And more and more stuff uh, happened. I knew I wanted Greg Warren on the show this week. We got him. I knew I wanted my friend Will Gavin from Talk Sport over in the U.K., over in uh, London. I wanted him on the show this week uh, I knew I wanted rammer, Bob Ramsey on the on the show this week too. and then I had a, a company reach out to me and they wanted uh, they had a, a guest by the name of Gabe George who is the one-armed archer. He's a Paralympian Andy uh, a, a Navy veteran and a Paralympic athlete who does archery with one arm. And uh, I, I, I threw him on the list. I, I am, you know, I think it's a very inspirational story that he tells. And then the NHL comes out and they, they have all this talk of restarting the season. So I went and I got the Puck Daddy on the show. I got Greg Wachinski on the oh. uh, on the show. So I, I loaded it up. Five guests for you. Uh, laid all out there. As you can see, the uh, as you look at the, like I've said every time, it's I like what we are doing with the podcast. I've wanted to do this for a while, and I'm glad that I have the opportunity to do that here. With the, uh, with the, with the, with Klaves, that you go to the image. It's the same exact image every week. I change the color up so you don't get confused. Andy, that's what I do. I change the color of the image of the graphic every week so you know that you're looking at something different than the week before. I have the date up there and I have time stamps for when you can go and listen to those interviews. It's well, that you make, simple. You make it really easy for people to find what
0: I'm going to call today. Content overload.
1: Yes, that's if you want to hear just if you just want to hear the Greg Wasinski one. You look at the graphic. It's gonna tell you what time Greg Wasinski starts. I have no idea as Andy and I are recording this segment right now because I don't know Andy when we're gonna end this segment, and therefore I don't know what the timestamp's gonna be. So I'm not even gonna say. I could say it's gonna be at 18 minutes and 31 seconds. I could be very wrong, or I could be really weirdly close to that. I guess we're just going to find out once we stop talking with this segment. And then you know what? You scroll it over there, and you say, I don't want to listen to those two guys talk anymore. I want to hear Greg Washinsky. You scroll it right to that spot, and you listen to it. And that's how you do it. You know what you're going to get when you scroll to that, when you take the cursor to that area.
0: Back in the old radio days, Joe, we talked about getting in the car and setting the radio to to whatever frequency we were on, and just ripping the knob off. Yes, yes. This time you don't want you want to keep the knob on it. So you way, know
1: what? I'm going to say this though: wanna... if if you feel like ripping the knob off of your car, and then maybe five minutes later you regret that decision, go to Munganet St. Louis Acura and buy a new car, and that, <laughs> y- 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 just support the sponsor.
0: I mean that that really is the most. The most logical thing to do. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they have service bays there, too. They could probably put that knob back on for you as well. Just go to yeah. Jamie and tell him what you need done, and they'll they'll help you out there well, at I Munkinass St. Louis Accurate.
0: I was listening to Weekend Joe, and I heard about you guys, and I ripped the knob <laughs> off of my radio. <laughs> and I'm really regretting that decision.
1: Can you please put it back on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so that's you know what so that's what we have coming up on the show today you could see it right there on the graphic as uh as we do that and Andy it's just it seems like every week I just keep learning new and new tricks that's that's what I, I'm an old dog and I'm learning new tricks and that's that's what it is that's all that's all that it is here as uh we we continue to keep growing on weekend Joe did you like the way? the uh the show looked lunch with joe and claves looked on tuesday how how good did that look the upgrade from the microsoft paint graphics to what we what we debuted on tuesday was night and day was it not it was absolutely night and day i
0: mean the, the, the show is growing by leaps and bounds you you've kind of grown into i, I would call paint.net which is the the up the the one step up from microsoft paint it's just it's like a fancy microsoft paint now
1: Yeah, I mean, you know what?
0: You're you're not quite to Adobe Illustrator.
1: I I have Adobe Illustrator. I don't (laughs) know what the hell I'm doing with it. (laughs) It's there. I I, you know what though? We made commercial breaks. That's what we did this week. We made commercial breaks, and uh, that's hey, that was a big step that we did this
0: week. That's called monetizing your time.
1: Yep. So we're gonna have a show again on Monday. Uh, Lunch with Joe and Claves will be on Monday this week. So we it was on Tuesday because of the uh, because of the holiday on Monday. So we just bumped it uh, up a day. But it, it's it's normally going to be on Monday. So that's that's what it'll be each and uh, each and every week. So do we you, did that. Do You have the two pound carrot cake drop. For... I don't. I don't. Ha- I mean, I can find it. I I know that it's out there online. I know there's websites that have drops on them including drops of me that i don't think are me are you talking about clip are you talking about deke dotem site yeah yeah there's a clip on there i was on there a few weeks ago and there's a clip of me on there that i do not believe is me what's it do you know what it's called i don't know i you'll have to look later uh on it because i think there's like three or four clips of me on there
0: so there's a few
1: Yeah, and there's one of them that is not my... I do not believe is my voice. Is it, I don't need fried chicken? That might be it. Let me see if I can play it and see if you can hear it. I'm guessing I can't. I don't... We've tried this before, and I don't think that works. Here, let's try it. You can give it a try. I don't need fried chicken. It's not you. It's not me, right? Not you. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I don't know. I'm going to have to reach out to Deke and have him uh, look at that. But anyway, the, the the full guest list today as we uh, as we keep getting closer and closer to sports. Will Gavin, by the way, we talk a lot about the Premier League and that coming back. Uh, so that'll be, I mean, you know, here in the U.S. anyway, who cares if they had crowds or not? You were just watching it on TV. Yeah. Um, but they are they are close to coming back. They have a plan in place for when they will come back. So we talk with Will Gavin about that. And then I, I, I only wanted him on because I've been playing a lot of FIFA lately and I just needed tips. That was I mean, that was the sole reason I wanted him on anyway. Did he give you good tips. He you know what? He gave me a couple tips. He did give me a couple tips that I, uh, I plan to utilize probably later Friday night.
0: What kind of tips did he give you? I mean, are are they, are they like, are they key combinations? That was
1: pretty much it. Like I I was, I was telling him my strategy and he told me, he's like, oh, you need to press this button when you do that. And it works a lot better. And I I'm looking forward to trying it. So that's, uh, that's what we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes when I'm playing FIFA Friday nights. Are you playing as a
0: country? Have you made your own team? What are you, what are you doing with FIFA?
1: I am Atlanta United. I am, uh, I am the Atlanta MLS team. I, uh, I am coaching that team. And we, uh, because I like that they played in the Mercedes Benz stadium down in Atlanta. Yeah. They have, it's, it's a big, huge stadium they play in. So I made the team to, uh, to do that, but I am taking, I mean, if the premier league wants to offer me a job, I've had, I've had some, uh, I've had some countries come to me where some other leagues come to me with job offers. And I'm also waiting. I'm getting a lot of uh, job opportunities for national team jobs, and oh. I'm holding out. I'm holding out for either England because it's England. I mean, it's I, I'm I, I would coach the English national team, the U.S. because obviously Coach Joe Roderick is from the U.S. Or I would also you know go and coach Poland if I uh, if I wanted, if they offer me the job I would uh, I would help them. Yeah.
0: Now, what fun is it to coach the team? I feel well, like, you
1: play it. I mean, I I play the game, but it's instead of creating myself as a player out there on the pitch, I am just the coach on the sidelines.
0: But you play as a player on the yes. On the, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, and I, so I was playing on like a very easy difficulty level, and I was winning games five nothing, eight nothing. So I bumped it up one level, and Andy, it is the hardest game ever now in the world. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: like, it is. Huh. It's 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 getting to me now. Like I've had draws, I've had one one draws. I lost a game. Like it is, it's been rough doing this. So I needed Will on to help me with some FIFA tips, and then we talk about a little bit of everything else with uh, oh, with him as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, a, a regulation game is ninety minutes, two forty five minute halves. Yes. How long does it take in real time?
1: You're talking. Oh, so no, I play where it's the this the clock, clock is accelerated to where each half is about eight minutes. Okay,
0: so your yeah. game takes you about fifteen, sixteen minutes to play.
1: Yeah, about twenty minute. Yeah, twenty minute game. So you're able to play a lot of games in in that's a row, not, and not a, not a big time investment. No, it really isn't. I mean, it's like playing so... just the offense on Madden. I mean, I've, that's what I do on Madden. I only play offense on Madden. It's like you know, if you play you play just the major holes on a golf game or like the key holes on a golf game. I mean, you can like, they have it set up now to where it doesn't take an hour of your time. Like NBA the the NBA game still takes an hour of my time. I would say hockey probably takes about 30, 45 minutes of my time. But for the most part, I mean, I get through these games pretty quick. And it's just, you know, I, I, I wait to go to have stuff to actually go back to work and I will be able to just drop my video game addiction. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Speaking of you know we're recording over the weekend here in in Illinois and it is the the weekend that everything is reopened.
1: It is I saw Belleville today is closing down Main Street to allow more seating for uh, outdoor uh, outdoor seat uh, visitors. So I really like that I might head downtown Belleville this weekend.
0: So the bar across from my house has their patio wide open with, with, a, with a huge bar set up outside. Uh, And then the other uh, bar down the street, they have their patio set up. And then they also have a huge tent covering their parking lot where they brought all their tables from inside, outside. Now, luckily, today, it's about 75 degrees in like San Diego weather. In about two weeks, when it's 102, it's going to be a little miserable out there. Right. So, yeah, but supposedly this phase is only supposed to last for 28 days. And then supposedly we can go back inside.
1: That's that's what I've seen. I know the gym that I, I work at. I know they are starting to allow a couple people inside next week for personal training sessions, and then they will have outdoor classes that are by sign up only. I believe. Will you be teaching uh, spinning classes outside? I haven't asked yet if uh, if they're going to allow that. I am going to maybe push for it a little bit here over the next couple weeks and see what I can uh, see what I can get done. I bet they go for that. I, that's a lot of bikes to take outside. Put them on a dolly. On top of that, I don't know if I remember how to teach any of these classes. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I, there's I, I know some of the other instructors for some of the other classes that they teach. Like if I was a yoga instructor, I could teach yoga. I could sit in my basement and I can go over some of those things. We're talking about getting on a bike and teaching a uh, teaching a spin class. That you actually need a bike to be able to uh, stay up to speed on that. There's
0: no downward dog
1: on your bike. I, I, no, I, I don't have a bike, I don't have that. That's the thing. I have my little bike that I can ride around the uh the trails here, but I, I got yeah, I, I got I, I don't I have no way of practicing, so you know what? Maybe once I get back on it, Andy, I bet it'll be just like riding a bike. I'd be I'm just gonna say that. You took what you took. <laughs>
0: I bet it's just like riding a bike.
1: Yeah. So the NHL has come forth. They have announced kind of their plan, how they're going to get everything going. 2014 postseason. I like it. I mean, it'll be, it'll be fun to watch all of that kind of make its way into uh, a, the, the round of 16. And then that, what I'm very interested in is the blues since they are, they are the top seed. But they will play a round-robin of practice games. Not even, but they're not practice games. This is the thing. They will play three games against the two, three, and four seeds in the West that have no merit towards them making the playoffs or not. But it will determine what their seed is in games that are just made to knock the rust off uh, of sorts. So they're games that don't matter, but yet they might matter. If it, if that makes any sense, because it's hard they, to say what will matter, because we don't know how good any of these teams are going to be with three, four months off.
0: Right. I think if they lose, it matters. If they don't lose, it doesn't matter.
1: Is that kind of what you've gathered? I, I don't. That's. But the thing is, is that there's 12 teams and none of these 12 teams have played a game in three, four months. So. When you, you know, the team that loses, there there will be a team that loses in the first round that will blame it on the layoff. But right. the w- team that wins had the exact same layoff. Right. No players yeah. have gotten injured during this time. And if anything, the Blues have benefited because Vladimir Tarasenko will come back healthier than he would have been back in March or April. Oh, absolutely. So it's it's very... It's, you know, you can blame it on that, but every team will have that same excuse. So when it goes from the Western Conference having 12 teams to eight teams to four teams, four teams will lose each of those rounds and they will have the same excuse or they will play the same amount of games as the team that beat them. So there really are no excuses for this. I mean, you can say, you can say that, Hey, you know what? We had the momentum in the regular season. It got taken away. Okay. So what, you know what the eight seed coming in probably would have had the same momentum too. We saw that last year where the eight seed came in and wiped out the number one seed in the Eastern conference. So it, it, you know, if you want to use that as an excuse, go ahead. I, I, you know, you, you can make excuses, but it's such a unique season. Anyway. I just, I'm happy that we are getting one sport back and it looks like the NBA is also shooting for that Orlando-Florida uh, plan come July 29th. Yeah, that'll be exciting to see how that happens, too. And I was listening, ironically,
0: to, to, uh, to somebody else on the way in here, and uh, they said that uh, MLS is going also going to be down there in that same general area doing their thing.
1: I had not seen MLS. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that because Will uh, Will Gavin asked me, and I told him, I said, Will, to be honest with you, I said, until that MLS team comes here to St. Louis – I, uh, I don't really follow MLS, but I told them I probably will start with the amount of FIFA that I'm, uh, I've been playing. Oh. I probably will become a huge soccer snob now.
0: Yeah, and um, also, you know, they, they, back to the NHL for a second, they released all their, their, their cities where they were going to have stuff. And Minneapolis was, uh, was listed on one of them. And I, I'm wondering if that plan is going to change after the, the unfortunate situations that are going on up there currently. You, you, you'd have to imagine that it, that it would.
1: Yeah, I, I I think so. Uh, Greg Wasinski gets into it in a uh, in a uh, bit here. We'll uh, we'll jump to his interview, and you'll be able to hear what he has to say about the uh, about the hub cities. And we talked about this. I want to say on Thursday about uh, about that. So we'll uh, we'll get his thoughts on all of that as well. And then ma- baseball. It's I, I want to comment on baseball. Boy. But on the other end, it's so hard to at the moment because we it's it's so hard telling what is going to happen once the sides actually sit down. There is so much bickering back and forth now in the media and there's so much being leaked to the media. All all I want is for the two sides to sit down. And then determine what they can come up with. But
0: What do you think about Scott Boris being involved with some of the negotiations?
1: I, I Again, I mean, you're, you're seeing it from two, like Kyle Loesch and Trevor Bauer got into it over the weekend uh, or over the week on social media. <clears throat> Kyle Loesch was ripping Trevor Bauer for the way that he's handling all of this. Kyle Loesch is a Scott Boris guy, was a Scott Boris guy when he played. Right. Trevor Bauer is not a Scott Boris guy. So he's going to, you know, he's probably not a fan of the way Scott Boris does business. I I just, I I think that Scott Boris wants the guys to play and he should want the players to make the most amount of money because that would then give him more money. I, I mean, and any money that the owners lose, the billionaire owners lose will affect how much they spend in the future on free agency, which will also affect Scott Boris's money. On the other end, the bil- you're talking about billionaires here that, uh, you know, they, they, if they, that's the thing, everybody, is, if they open their books and they show some, they show some losses, I bet everything could be figured out really fast.
0: Oh, I bet so, it would too. I, there's, there's no doubt about it. But that's not going to happen. <laughs> you
1: know what if they if there's talk of them losing a season and there's talk of you know a walkout in 2021 and no baseball in 2022 i bet i bet those owners could uh find a way to make this all happen real fast
0: yeah so yeah it, yeah yeah you gotta take that into consideration too the, the 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 possible labor disrupted yeah uh, disruption coming up next year so, so I didn't, I didn't hear about no baseball in 2022 because of this thing. So they're talking about it a year and a half. Would it be a lockout or would it, would well, it be? I'm a-
1: just, that's what I'm talking about is that if there is a dispute, if there's a labor, if there's a stoppage in play in 2021, how long will that go? I mean, that that that's the thing. That's what I'm saying is how long will any kind of stoppage last before the players figure it all out? So yeah, I would say, I mean, you talk about in 2019, Adam Wainwright talking about a walkout in 2021 and how miserable everything was going to be. Now it's getting even worse. Now tensions are, are even, you know, tensions are rising with, with this. It's, uh, it, it's, it sucks did that you, we are, we are in the midst of this.
0: Did you imagine three years without baseball? I don't think i no. ever recover from it. I think and they, and
1: that's the thing. And that's oh. what I'm saying is that the owners will not, the owners can't let that happen. So things will get figured out you would think and we'll eventually get some kind of baseball hopefully and hopefully the players are happy with what they get and they don't settle for uh, for anything with that. So we uh again we'll we, we'll wait and see another week on uh, on that. So here's the lineup again as I uh, as I mentioned let me bring this lineup up again. Greg Wyszynski is going to uh, lead things off for us. We'll have him coming up on the other side of the break. Will Gavin, Greg Warren, Bob Ramsey, um, and then Gabe George, the one-armed archer, the para uh, Paralympic athlete and Navy veteran joins us too. And then will, Andy and I will be back for Crack Slippers. So that's what we have coming up right here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. And hey, those folks at Munganass St. Louis Acura, we talk about the, the work that they do. They could put that... Uh, they'll they'll put your your knob your dial back on after you right. rip it off yeah we've uh, we've said that i know we we joke but really though uh, they they have andy they have the new 2021 Acura TLX's there on the uh, on the showroom yes they have them there uh, you can get a look at it it's available in the fall so uh you, you can you can go to their facebook page they have introduced the new 2021 acura tlx's so uh, get out and uh, go check that out as a they, sharp
0: vehicle if you haven't seen that thing
1: cool you, you've yeah it is it looks really really nice so they i should say they i said they have it on the showroom they do not have it on the showroom they have the video of it that acura has released the video of it it will be available in the showroom in the fall. So uh, yeah, they have that. And I mentioned to $750 to first responders and healthcare professionals towards buying and lease in a new 2020 Acura. So that deal is still going on through July 6th weekend. Joe driven by Mungadeth St. Louis Acura. We'll be right back after this. It's claves <laughs> This is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, right here on clavesonline.com. Hey, have you thought about uh, buying or selling your home here in St. Louis? Well, Kevin Miller with Caldwell Banker Gundaker. He can help you out in doing so. Been selling and buying homes for, well, a few decades now. You can call him at 314-503-4999. That's 314-503-4999. That's Kevin Miller with Caldwell Banker Gundaker. And welcome back in to Weekend Joe Driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura here on Claves Online as we welcome in our next guest. He is the senior NHL writer at ESPN. He is Greg Wachinski, and he joins us now. Greg, what's going on, man? How are you?
3: Uh, doing well. Uh, busy times. It's been an interesting week, obviously, with uh, the return to play and everything else that's going on. So, uh, you know, it's it's been a busy couple of months, too. I mean, I... I Wasn't really sure how things were going to play out with with the NHL and hockey news after they paused the season on March 12th. But it's been kind of like a combination of covering a uh, lockout where you're constantly working sources to figure out any information about when they may come back. Uh, And on top of that, you have this global pandemic going on. So it's, uh, it's also trying to managing these uncharted waters of how they can come back
1: and i think by the time that this airs for the first time on saturday morning you'll already be up to about 20 25 interviews around the country too so <laughs> it's <laughs> you've uh, you've been highly uh highly sought out
3: yeah it's been good um and uh it's it's been interesting to see kind of what the uh reaction has been from media that don't normally cover bnhl uh the reaction i've i've gotten most of all from a lot of people is surprise and astonishment that uh, Gary Bettman who uh, you know a lot of people kind of associate with uh shutting down seasons was <laughs> one of the driving forces behind getting a season you know at least on track to uh, complete the summer so um you know it, it was a good good couple of days for hockey man like they definitely had the spotlight they definitely had the uh, attention of the sports world um usually when hockey ends up on the today show it's because someone uh, severely injured somebody else or did something illegal. So it's good to have, uh, good, to have uh, good, good conversations about hockey. But again, like the most important thing to come out of all of this is, as the NHLPA will tell you many times, um, the thing that was introduced and, and uh, talked about this week is a format for a return to play. Uh, the players have still yet to actually vote on whether or not they're going to come back this summer. Uh, and that depends greatly on what the NHL does to make them feel safe, secure, and comfortable during this uh, postseason.
1: So how you mentioned Gary Bettman. How did Gary and Major League Baseball right now is its own different animal. That's, uh, that's a mess. But NHL and NBA, they were on the same timeline. They usually are on the same timeline when it comes to the postseason. How did Gary Bettman get all of this uh, figured out faster than Adam Silver? <laughs>
3: I can't speak to the NBA and their, their timeline, but I can tell you how this played out for the NHL, which is uh, over the course of a few months, um, you know, the NHL and the NHLPA had been on, on regular conference calls. And it took a while because you had a situation where the NHL would um, introduce a format, introduce a concept. The players would then be like, that's very interesting. Let's talk about it more. They would take that back to their people and then come back with a completely different concept. So it was sort of, you know, every time they thought they were making progress, it was it was going back to square one. Um, but eventually, they started to kind of hammer down on this idea of, well, is there a way that we can, you know, create a a, a format for a return to play that's going to satisfy the teams that are around the playoff bubble and also satisfy the teams at the top of the standings that were very concerned about not having meaningful games. And uh, eventually they started to kind of come to focus on this plan, uh, reducing the need for hub cities down from four to two. And uh, this one had traction and and then eventually got there. And I think the, one of the reasons to answer your question why they were able to come back uh, first, or, or at least, you know, announce their plans to come back first was a lot of flexibility. Like the NHL at one point wanted to hold its entry draft before the season restarted. Uh, to kind of get the same sort of renown that the, N- the, the NFL did. Uh, their general managers were not down with that. And the NHL, even though they did a lot of work to try to make it happen, didn't force the issue and were flexible about it. And in the case of negotiating with the players on some of these return-to-play topics, um, they were very flexible as well. So they could be rigid when it comes to labor negotiations. They were a bit more flexible when it comes to some of these issues, and I think that's why we got to where we are.
1: When you, uh, you talk about the hub cities, are there two in your mind that are clear-cut favorites for the East and the West?
3: Um, I have a feeling that uh, Las Vegas is still a speculative favorite for the West. Um, there's been a lot of talk behind the scenes about Vegas being a preferred location for both the NHL and the PA. Uh, from a, a, a practice perspective, the practice rink is about 20 to 25 minutes away from the Strip. So you would have to you know, find some transportation out there, but it's not too bad. Uh, and then as far as the location of the arena, it's obviously right on the strip. It's right within walking distance of several hotels. And when it comes to accommodations and, you know, can the players maybe bring their families with them? Obviously, there's a ton of space that you could utilize there for that. Um, a, a name that we hadn't heard until late was Los Angeles. And there's a lot of support for that bid as well. Um, not only... Is there a, a strong you know, tie to the NHL with the Anschutz family owning the Kings and you know, operating a lot of the NHL's arenas? Uh, but the players in the league both like the setup there where you have Staples Center uh, and L.A. Live and the, the Marriott Hotel kind of all in one spot. The only issue is that the uh, practice rink is a little bit far away from the, uh, the downtown arena. In the east, uh, Columbus, I think, has some traction. Uh, it's a good setup. Everything they need is sort of in a centralized area. But it'll be, it remains to be seen if they're going to go with an east and a west, if they go with two west, um, and then what exactly we don't know that will go into who wins this bid.
1: I was going to say, if it's, you know, if it's Vegas or L.A. and I, my arm gets twisted into having to go cover the Blues, I guess I could take one for the team and go do that. It's, you know It would be tough, but I, I could do that for a month.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's a, you could think of of worst places to be. That's for sure.
1: I, um, as far as when it comes to uh, you're, we're talking hockey in July and August in two very warm cities, is there any is there any concern about the state of the ice that would be at those arenas?
3: The NHL kind of believes that after they've uh, put an outdoor game in Dodger Stadium, uh, they could pretty much make ice anywhere. Okay, <laughs> so. <laughs> um they they they're confident that they can do it, and keep this in mind too about the sort of return to play aspect of, uh, of of playing in some warm weather cities in in August, which is that one of the reasons why the ice deteriorates the way it does in, in games in July i mean or rather games in June every year is because you're dealing with fans coming in and out of the building and the, the door open and the heat gets in and and that sort of thing. I think they're going to be able to keep these buildings a lot more temperature controlled, and in some cases, probably a few degrees colder than they normally could, because you're not going to have a bunch of fans in the building that you have to kind of worry about their, their how they're feeling about the uh, arctic temps inside the arena. So I think I think the ice conditions should be pretty good, um, and they've got great great guys. Dan Craig, uh, who's sort of their ice guru, is, is a guy who really uh is, is at the top of his profession. So I'm pretty sure the conditions are going to be pretty solid.
1: When you look at the uh, the playoff format, 24 teams, 12 from each uh division, the Blues are as of now the Blues are the uh, have won the Western Conference regular season titles, but that doesn't guarantee them going in as the number 1 seed. So the Blues will be uh in their kind of a round robin to determine the seeding. Is that correct with uh, how one through four kind of sorts out in the, uh, at the top seeds?
3: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So one of the things that uh, teams were concerned about was looking at what happened to Tampa Bay last season where they got beat by Columbus in a sweep in the first round. And the Lightning said after that series, look, we hadn't played a meaningful game in months because we were so far ahead in the standings. And I think teams got a little spooked because they wanted to make sure that If you're one of the top four teams that you were doing something meaningful, that you weren't just sitting there on your hands during a bye while other teams were playing in playoff series. So they were like, give us meaningful games. And I feel like the NHL got kind of petty about it and said, all right, you want meaningful games? How about this? The number four seed, if they win all three of their games, can jump 12 points to the standings and become the top seed in the conference. So now (laughs) you got some meaningful games. Um, And so I do appreciate the, the, the pettiness there. Uh, but you know, it will be a situation where teams can move into up and down the standings depending on how they do in the round robin, um, and that's significant because as of right now, it looks like the playoffs will remain bracketed. So, if you are the first overall seed, uh, you would get the winner of the eight-nine game uh, in the East. That would be either Montreal, that would be either uh, rather Columbus or Toronto. So we'll see some interesting jockeying of position if it stays bracketed. If they reseed, which is what the players want to do then it becomes a real chaotic situation. Uh, but those those top four teams, including the Blues, will certainly have to, uh, you know, be on their game early because those uh, round-robin games will matter.
1: Yeah, it's, I, I mean, is there a way, like, you, we're talking, it has been 11 weeks now since we have had a, any sport, any sport at all uh, in in the U.S. When you talk hockey and you talk, you know, a lot of these guys are rollerblading because they don't have access to a sheet of ice wherever they are, whatever city they're in. Is there any way you can assess how good these teams are going to be one through 12 in each, in each conference?
3: (laughs) That's a tall order. Uh, It's, you know, a lot of it has to do with who's healthy. And, uh, and I think in, in many cases, you are going to see a lot of teams getting guys back that were out when the season was paused, in particular the Colorado Avalanche were pretty decimated by injuries, and, and they're going to get a ton of guys back, so that's one team to look at. Columbus is the same situation. Pittsburgh should get Jake Denzel, their top left winger, back from injury as well. So that's one aspect of it. But I do think that you also have to look at Teams that rely on a, on a system um, to kind of fall back on being maybe in a, in a better position than others. The Blues are one of them. They certainly play a, a very controlled brand of hockey, a defensive brand of hockey that I think would translate well into jumping back into things. The Islanders are another one uh, that obviously play that very trot system and do quite well. Arizona, uh, another one. Um, so it's a combination of different factors, but I, I also think that you have to look at the seeding. And, uh, you know, one of the things that that jumps out immediately is the matchup in the Eastern Conference between the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Rangers. The New York Rangers, I think, have won seven in a row (laughs) against the Carolina or something like that. So uh, you have to take that into account as well, that, uh, you know, some of these matchups, we do have a good body of work to to see how these teams stack up. And and that probably has to be a factor as well.
1: And Yeah, the Blues will get back Vladimir Tarasenko when all of this starts up and he'll be uh, very well rested. From where uh, where they assumed he would be when the normal postseason was supposed to start. So I guess we'll all find out the the timeline of this is still up in the air as far as when uh, when all of this will start, but it, it looks like hockey has their uh, has their stuff together right now, and it looks like hockey is the closest thing that we uh, we have to sports. One of the four major sports returning here in the u s in North America. So it's uh, it's exciting to uh, to see that happening. I know you're a big wrestling guy, Greg. Uh, have have you been watching? I mean, it, we're talking hockey in front of no fans and this, and I, I think that'll be fine. You know, the TV will take care of it. At, at wrestling in front of no fans has been hard to watch in, in my eyes. How do you feel about that?
3: Well, it depends on on which which one you're watching, right? Like I I, I watch a lot of AEW, the Wrestling Federation that's on TNT that started up yeah. within the last year. And they've really kind of cracked the code on it. Uh, they have the wrestlers who aren't participating in matches kind of sitting on the uh, around the ring and, uh, and you know, playing their their roles. You know, the, the heels boo the faces, the faces, uh, you know, boo the heels. And, and uh, it becomes a very sort of entertaining uh, aspect. It, it doesn't replace a full crowd. I mean, there's nothing better than. hearing a crowd pop when they hear somebody's intro music or watching a crowd react to things that are happening in the ring. Um, But it's an idea that I I wrote about uh, in my column on Thursday on ESPN.com that I hope that the NHL humors and steals, which is, you know, maybe have the guys that aren't playing in the game in the stands cheering on their teammates. Why not have the teams that aren't playing in these games in the stands reacting to the games they're watching? I mean, there's a lot of different ways That you can kind of incorporate those that are going to be involved in these hub cities, in these bubbles, into what you're doing on the ice, along with what we expect to be some really revolutionary approaches to filming these games and uh, presenting the environment in an empty arena.
1: It would be like, uh, you know, back in high school when you would have like those tournaments that not many fans would come to, but then you'd have the teams that weren't playing. Like they'd finish their game, they'd walk out of the locker room and they would just be in their own little cluster. So you'd have the blues there, the Blackhawks, uh, you know, on the other side of the arena and they're just sitting there. And uh, could you imagine too, in in a quiet arena, some of the trash talk that could go on between the fan, between the players and the crowd and the guys on the ice too?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is going to be an unprecedented uh, amount of access to what these guys are saying and, and, and everything else on the, uh, on the ice to the point where you start to really wonder exactly, you know, what, what sort of delay they have to put on <laughs> these, uh, these games in order to make sure that somebody isn't saying something uh, uh, super crazy, super ignorant. Uh, uh, but, uh, but it's all part of the unfettered access and, and really uh, should make the whole thing really fun.
1: Well, Greg, uh, hopefully over the next few uh, weeks we get more answers and we get hockey back in our lives very soon because the Blues have a a cup to defend.
3: Exactly. Uh, It should be fun. And listen, the Blues are in a good position. Uh, And I think being a a veteran team that not only understands what they have to do to win based on last season, but also has gotten a good few months of rest so you're not jumping into a playoff uh, run after an 82-game season, I think they're a, a team that you have to certainly keep your eyes on.
1: Greg, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Anytime.
3: Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it.
1: And that was Greg Wyshynski from ESPN covering hockey and hopefully soon covering actual hockey games as we uh, appreciate the time he gave us to jump on and talk a little bit about the uh, the revised or I guess the new plan the NHL is putting forth Hub Cities, 24 Teams, Round Robins, all that good stuff. And hey, this is Weekend Joe driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura also sponsored by the Inskip Law Firm. They can help with everything from trust and wills to power of attorneys, deeds, and probates. And hey, you don't need to have an in-person consultation with Corey Inskip at the Inskip Law Firm. They uh, he, he will make plans to virtually meet with you or talk to you on the phone and find out what they can do to best serve you. All their uh, services are charged as flat fees, so you know what you're going to pay ahead of time, making the whole process so easy. Corey Inskip's name at the Inskip Law Firm. It's 314-818-0344. That's 314-818-0344. Just a quick chat, and you can decide with him what services are right for you. And remember, the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertising we take another break come back with more weekend joe right here on com. we are driven by munganess st louis acura you're listening to weekend joe now on com. driven by munganess st louis acura also sponsored by the Collinsville Auto Body. Collinsville Auto Body, 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. Sponsor of, uh, well, my many shows on many different platforms for about 10 years now. Collinsville Auto Body. They'll work with most insurance providers to get you back on the road fast. That's 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. Collinsville Auto Body. And Welcome back in to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura here on com. As uh, we, you know, I, I've been, we, we've talked with all of our guests here about how they've been handling, you know, the quarantine and lockdown and changes in jobs and everything. And I thought, why not, why keep this as just a thing in the U.S.? Why don't we jump overseas and make this an international affair? And we welcome in. My good friend from talk sport over in the u k he's will Gavin, and he joins us now. will what's going on, man? How are you
2: Hey brother I'm good man I'm good. how are you
1: I'm good. I'm glad we were able to coordinate this as you and I go back and forth in uh different manners, trying to figure out what time it is over uh, uh <laughs> it's you know it's much easier when we're trying to figure out when flights are going into the same city once a year. Mm-hmm. Than it is to actually set something like this up. So I'm glad we were able to uh, to arrange this.
2: It's if it's not football season, then my brain's just not engaged with it. If like I'd say between the beginning of September and the beginning of February, I can tell you what time it is in any city in the U.S. compared to the U.K. because I'm there. I'm switched on for it. Right now, you were just like Saint Louis, five hours. Six? No, it's six hours. So I, like I just we figured it out. That's the main thing. We got there. We got there. And
1: then I have to, you know, when you're telling me that it's half five over there, I don't know what that means. I don't know. (laughs) I I don't know if it means you mean four thirty or five thirty. I don't know those things. Will I, I, you know, I know what glad rags are. okay? I I have that (laughs) down and I know what a pint is outside of that. I my my lingo has not transferred over that uh, that much.
2: I mean, you don't know what an actual pint is, though, because a pint in America can apparently mean different amounts. You can get a 16 ounce pint and a 24 ounce pint, which makes no sense because a pint is a single measurement. But it, I'm not, I, we're not getting into this.
1: You know you mentioned the uh that that you know what time it is because of uh because of the NFL when that's in season. So I recently just started I have played a, so many video games over the last 10 weeks here. That has been one of the things I've done the past time and I recently just started playing FIFA and I tell you what, we talk about the the language barrier and stuff like that. I will I I I know how to play FIFA. I don't know what any of the positions are. I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> with it. I I, have, I am playing MLS right now, so at least I know what cities I'm in when I'm in these in certain games. But stuff about transfer fees and loans and all that—it really is a foreign language to me.
2: I think it's a great way to learn the sport, though. Like I, from take the NFL perspective, I think that the two ways that people can most quickly learn the rules, the positions, everything is either play fantasy football or play Madden because actually you'll engage with it so much quicker. And then watching Red Zone on a Sunday, and if you've got someone who is not versed in the NFL at all, I would have said previously, when you're from a country where you haven't grown up with American football, it would take you two, three years of watching it regularly before you really felt like, you know, you knew what the difference between a 4-3 and a 3-4 was, or before you knew what, and now you can just stick people on Madden you can get get them into fantasy football and it's there's so many gateways into it to make it so much easier i think it's you'll learn you'll in like you'll play fifa for the next few months and then suddenly you'll be like that soccer hipster that everyone hates that is talking about how much they love norwich city and like <laughs> It's, I, I think that it's almost, it's probably going to almost be about that. People are going to like you less because you're into it. That's what's going to happen. I can tell you this. I, I can already
1: sense that I might, even though I'm playing MLS and that's been the extent of it so far, I, I started, <laughs> I am, I'm Atlanta United because they play at the Mercedes Benz, uh, stadium. And I I think that's pretty cool. Uh, but I, I went and I paid an ungodly amount of money to get Jamie Vardy, who I didn't know who he was (laughs) now. And now I have him and I loved, he is my favorite. He's my favorite soccer player. He's my favorite football player to where I've, I've read up on him. And I, I, I now, I can't wait to watch him play a real game.
2: He's got a fantastic story, Jamie Vardy, because he was playing non-league football until only uh, like 10 years ago. And non-league football, I mean, even eight years ago, wow, 2012, he moved to Leicester. So non-league football is like, uh, we have the Premier the Premier League, the Premier League, and then you have three more professional divisions below that, and then you get into the amateur divisions. So he was playing in, it wasn't even like A ball. It was like, I, what goes... Go three, four more tiers below that. And he was playing at that level. Wow. Got bought by Leicester City, who at that point were playing in the second tier. Got promoted with them and has turned into one of the best strikers in the country. So it's a great kind of rags to riches story. He's a he's an interesting bloke, definitely.
1: Well, now he's going to win whatever the MVP is of MLS. So that's, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's well... <laughs> He's well on his uh, way there. That's the only reason I wanted to have you on today. I just wanted to find out how to play FIFA. That was I just I needed tips on how to play FIFA, and I thought by tricking you to come on the podcast would be the best way to uh, to do that.
2: All about that triangle button, my friend. It's all I about have... those through balls.
1: <laughs> I have Xbox. I have Xbox. So that's why then uh... it's
2: all about that Y button, then, my friend.
1: The, the cross through the middle is that what? Uh, it's all about that's that's There's
2: the that... through ball, and if you hit a little L one chip through ball, you can do all sorts of tasty things.
1: Really? Okay. I did not know that, uh, but now I'm, I'm going to, when I'm done with you today, I'm probably going to jump back on it and play and we'll be, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But uh, so how, uh, over there in the UK, I mean, what season was it for you guys? Sports was premier league, were they playing or what was, what was shut down there?
2: So, I mean, essentially, cause of most of our sports are winter sports, so essentially all of our leagues were either coming towards the end of them or, or were a good way into the, the Premier League. Still had nine games uh, left to play at this point. They play 38 in a season normally. Uh, similarly with all the other divisions of football where a huge amount of focus has been. But like uh, rugby, for example, was still a good way into the season. Cricket's the only one that, is played over the summer as a general rule. But even with that, their season would normally start in kind of early May. And they've now pushed back where their first cricket they're likely to play even behind closed doors will be the beginning of August. We literally just got the announcement yesterday that the Premier League is going to be returning on June the 17th. There's the Bundesliga out in Germany, which is uh, the Bundesliga out in Germany, which is uh, they're kind of the German equivalent of the Premier League. They've not been hit as badly by COVID as we have. So, they are back playing football they have been for about two weeks now uh, all behind closed doors no fans very odd very weird to see on tv but they've been a really good example for how you can come back and now with the premier league they've started testing they've started training again and the the expectation as long as they get a government sign off is that uh, in yeah two and a half weeks time we'll get our first game back and it's kind of it's really funny it's seen here as being like a Let's get football back on ASAP because the sooner we start playing again, it will really raise the country's morale. It's the most popular sport by, by a country mile here. So it's, it's actually been seen as like a really big deal getting football back. And so they just literally announced it yesterday. And that's all we've been talking about, funnily enough.
1: Has there been uh, any issues as far as getting the guys back on the field? Because here in in the States with baseball right now, there is so much going on with how much they will get paid. The owners won't open their books. The owners claim they lose money, but won't show the proof they're losing money. The Players Association is getting involved. And it's not looking good right now for, for the sport of baseball uh, how, I mean, what is, but football, or I should say basketball and hockey, they're in their postseason. Mm-hmm. So that that seems like that's going to be a lot easier to get started. So are, are there issues like that over there with, uh, with the Premier League?
2: Very early on, there was a, a big problem with this idea of where is the money going to come from to support football? There's this idea in this country that those developmental leagues, those lower leagues down are, Uh, you know, it's very important to protect grassroots soccer or grassroots football, they talk about. And so there was a lot of talk about whether Premier League players who, you know, the average wage in the Premier League is about, so just trying to do the dollar conversion. It's about $80,000, $85,000 a week is what the average Premier League footballer earns. So, you know, there was talk about, well, they're not playing right now. They're not even training. Should they take a mandatory, like, league-wide 25% pay cut that will help pay for not only for the clubs to survive, to pay their staff and everything, but also to pay towards a fund to make sure that those lower league teams don't go out of business. Because for them, you know, not having fans in the stadiums, not having, not being able to run the season in general has been a, a, an absolute nightmare. And, and there are some clubs who are in genuine possibility of, of shutting down because of it. It was a really big talking point early on. And then eventually what was basically decided... So, you know, with, I know, I certainly know, I don't know MLB as well, but I know certainly with the NBA and the NFL, the Players Association is a strong organization that has genuine representation that is involved in the, you know, in the conversations with the league that, you know, we've just seen the new CBA, for example, in the NFL. The equivalent here is a thing called the PFA, the Players Professional Footballers Association, and they are awful. They have not done anything to truly represent. They've not organised the players to be doing a universal thing league-wide. And so teams have kind of all been doing their own thing to survive. You know that teams like Manchester City and Liverpool and those big, big names are too big to fail. They will survive this no matter what. It's those kind of smaller teams. Even in the Premier League, there are teams that are, despite being in the top tier, that are smaller teams that rely on the income that they're not now getting to, to kind of survive, and so all of that was a huge conversation, but it does feel like now that football is coming back, the focus is just all on player health, on safety, on and it's kind of a case of it feels like their idea is, right, let's get the season finished, it's nine games left to play, we will get that done by the end of July, and then we'll figure everything else out. That's kind of basically their idea at this point, and I think it's maybe a little short sighted, but when you consider that For example, all-player contracts in in football in general, but in the Premier League, they run on a a yearly basis till the end of June. Now, you might sign a four-year contract, five-year contract, but on the 30th of June, these teams have got several players, big-name players who are out of contract, who are available as free agents, and they've had to agree a deal to essentially say that those contracts are getting extended by a month so we can get the season finished. So all of that nonsense has flown around, but it feels like after... After just six, seven weeks of talking about it, we're finally going to actually see something happen, which is great because you can imagine it's it's not an easy situation to deal with, as I'm sure it's the same in any sport out there. you You
1: mentioned some of the uh, teams that might be having some issues. Let's talk about Arsenal, because here, especially in St. Louis, we are really enjoying how much money Stan Kroenke is paying for construction (laughs) costs out in L.A. and how far over budget they are, not to mention the impending legal suits that he's going to have to pay not only for himself, but for the entire league that's going to happen here in St. Louis in 2021. Is he going to have to sell Arsenal?
2: Uh, I think that Arsenal fans would love to hear that he'd have to sell (laughs) Arsenal. Um, There is a genuine feeling. People here know that they are smart enough to realise that when they see a stadium being built 5,000 miles away, which is costing in excess of a billion pounds, that that means that there is investment not coming into their football team. And when they first built their new stadium, which was Got 15 or so years ago now, at that point, there was this idea that we're going to build this brand new stadium. It's going to be state of the art. It's going to be almost double the fans that we had before. It's going to bring in lots of new sponsorship money. And then we're going to compete at the very top level for the next 20 years. And since then, they've not won a Premier League title. They've not gone further in the big European competitions, the big continental competitions than kind of quarterfinals. They've just had this very middling level of success. They're like the Bengals for the first eight or nine years when, you know, Lewis first came in and it was, we're going to go to the playoffs every year, but we're going to lose in the first round every year. (laughs) They were kind of like that. And so there is a feeling that they need some investment. And the real problem with Stan Kroenke is that they've probably had three or four times over the last 10 years, someone come in and try and buy the club for a reasonable amount of money. And he knows that much like the Glazers who own the Buccaneers and Man United, that it's a great thing to leverage. It's a huge income that the money, the TV money in the premier league is, is only outdone internationally by the NFL. It is hundreds of millions of pounds every year. The, he's happy collecting that and investing it elsewhere and making sure Arsenal does just enough to seem good every year. I think Arsenal fans would love to see him out the door. I don't know if he's going to have to be because of everything that's going on with the stadium and stuff, but I tell you, if it happened, there would be parties on the streets of North London.
1: I, I knew that. Yes. St. Louis Rams fans and Arsenal fans had a, uh, had a very, a uh, i guess a very good uh relationship when it came to our hatred of uh of Stan Kroenke. so um, i i figured that would uh that would continue to uh continue to go to, to you'd find happy. a lot of
2: friends in north london definitely
1: <laughs> so every I mean, what is what is life like right now in the uk with uh, you, you know it's i guess you Initially, when this was all happening, you guys were about two, three weeks ahead of us with the wave. And now all those numbers seem to be out the window with uh, with how things have gone here in in America.
2: It's it's yeah. I mean, we as a country have not dealt with this very well. We reacted to it late. We had an opportunity to because (laughs) Italy were about two weeks ahead of us, like you were saying. And we saw how they had to react. Once it got bad and we could have done that two weeks ahead of time and avoided a lot of deaths, a lot of issues. And we didn't. And there is going to be at some point in the future, a look into everything that's happened over this past, you know, six to eight months. And there's going to be some huge inquest and it's going to be a big, big deal. But we're kind of starting to move towards what could be some kind of normality. Um, you know, bars and pubs and clubs and stuff haven't opened yet, but uh, on, we've just had an announcement that as part of the kind of lockdown restrictions, you can now meet up in groups of six people outdoors, and so you can start seeing your friends and family again, which has been a big deal for a lot of people. Schools are going back, or, or um, elementary school level are going back to school from next Monday, which is going to help people get back to work is their idea. I don't think it's actually a good idea to suddenly send in kids who aren't going to be able to socially distance from each other to, to suddenly send them back in and and expect them to, to carry that burden. But that's the idea that they've come up with. So they're kind of trying to move things along. I don't know. I, the fact is we could be like you guys, we could be hit by a second wave and back to where we were six weeks ago in, in, you know, four or five months time. We hit October, we hit November, it gets to cold season and suddenly It all goes out the window again, but it does feel like we're getting some kind of normality back, at least a little bit. I'm not sure Uh, it's ever going to be like really normal again, but you know what I mean.
1: As uh, you know, hopefully everything uh, will some sort of normalcy happens again because, you know, we're looking here. It's almost June will and uh, we're you and I are about seven months away from uh, the next time that I guess we'll see each other, hopefully in Tampa.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean I have fingers firmly crossed that we're gonna make it out there. they are still planning. The the company we work with, Gridiron, who we do the podcast and and the magazine with, away from Talk Sport, um, they are still putting together their trip for this year, which they do every year, which like fans can pay to go along to, and they do a you know, a a two-week tour of somewhere out in the States and take in four or five college games, three or four NFL games, do like a big road trip. They are still putting that together they are, and they're saying, you know, here's what the plan is if we can do it. If we can't, your deposit is fully refundable, but they're kind of hoping by September, October, travel will be normal. We've already obviously seen the international series for both baseball and for the NFL canceled. Uh, so, you know, we're not getting any football in this country this year, which I'm sure there'll be some Americans absolutely rejoicing about. I'm obviously <laughs> personally gutted, but... You know, can't be too selfish at a time like this. Um, But I am hopeful that by February we'll be able to travel to Tampa Bay and be there as usual. Otherwise, I'm going to be watching it on the TV. And well, I guess we'll still be doing it on radio. But uh, I'm certainly planning to enjoy a beer with it if that happens.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Cardinals were supposed to be the team that went over to, uh, to mm-hmm. London this year. So hopefully that, uh, that happens again in, in 2021 and, uh, they, uh, they get back to normal with that. I, uh, you, uh, you, and, and then I are you both- have an excuse to get
2: over here for once.
1: I, if, it, if it happens in 2021, I, uh, I will, I will work on coming over there and, uh, I am not not uh, fond about flying that far over water, but I would make an exception for you, Will. I would, uh, <laughs> I, would I would consider doing that. Uh, and, you and, and, are... and, mate, I'm worth it.
2: So that's the main thing.
1: <laughs> I know you and I are both big wrestling fans. Have you been watching as uh, as much as normal without fans in the sta- in the crowd for some of these shows?
2: Yeah, so I've watched all of the pay-per-views. I watched the AEW um, Double or Nothing the other night. I, I've been watching a good amount of it on TV. I mean, I'm around the house a lot, so, you know, you can't really help it. You <laughs> You end up, you know, it's... Again, with the time differences, you know, Raw and SmackDown, for example, and NXT, that's live at 1 a.m. here in the UK. So it's very rare that I'm awake to watch those. But I, you know, I TiVo it all and I end up coming back to it later. And so, yeah, I'm still watching a good amount of it. I, I haven't hated how it's been Um it's still a bit weird to me, I but I like when they've been creative, like the Stampede the other night in AEW, the stuff they did with the Boneyard match, and and I wasn't huge on how the Money in the Bank went, but yeah, you know, I, I like that they tried to do something different, and maybe it's a new normal for wrestling as well. Maybe we're going to see them be a bit more creative and try and think outside the box, because it's going to be a while before you get fans back in the stadiums and back in the arenas. Uh, I think overall I've been pretty impressed with how both companies have done in a pretty rough time to be honest.
1: Yeah, it's uh, once they are I guess once they start bringing those fans back into the arena I think we're going to see some pretty hot crowds and Oh yeah. I, I, there there have been, you know, there have been so many reactions or so many moments that I've watched and I look at and I think what would that have been like? if the crowd was there, like for example, this past Wednesday, when the revival or the revolt showed up on AEW, what, how hot that crowd would have been if they would have shown up for that. It's, it's missed opportunities that you're never going to get back.
2: Yeah. And, and you, well, you think about <laughs> AEW alone, Matt Hardy turning up uh, Brody Lee, as he now is turning up like those guys that, that doesn't come back. They don't get that opportunity again. So it is a shame for them. But I think that considering the circumstances They've done a pretty damn good job, to be fair. Yeah.
1: Will, I want to uh, thank you for uh, for help working with me to arrange this to uh, <laughs> to happen. And any other uh, any other FIFA te- uh, tips that you might have, I am I am welcome uh, welcome to all of those because I uh, I
2: need the help. Uh, My biggest tip with FIFA is don't do what I sometimes do, which is play it first thing in the morning, end up losing to some, you know, 14 year old South Korean kid who knows exactly what he's doing, whereas you don't. And then spending the rest of the day annoyed because you lost at a video game. Uh, That's that's for me is the main thing. Just just. Don't let it take over your life, because I do have times like that. I'm on Call of Duty at the moment. Not literally at the moment. My (laughs) wife's playing it as we speak. I will be joining her online in about two minutes' time. And, uh, yeah, I I have to try and just make sure I don't get angry, because otherwise it it does ruin my whole day.
1: Which Call of Duty are you playing?
2: The new one, Modern Warfare, the, the latest one, so with Warzone and stuff on it
1: okay I was told uh, I, I know that's cross-platform so mm-hmm. that was uh, one that t- I need uh, that I was told to download it but I was also told I need a good headset if I want to play it too so I need to uh, invest in a headset
2: it's definitely better on a headset I think I'd like not only you know, obviously if you're playing the team stuff you can talk to your team and stuff but I think playing it with the headphones on although I can't do that when I'm playing with my wife but uh i it's a bit more immersive I think it's great I love it
1: when i uh when i get the headset i will let you know and we will uh we'll see if we can uh match up on there as well will
2: you should see the angry face she's making right now as she just got killed when she was on a kill streak so <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> beautiful stuff man uh, thank you for having me really enjoyed it
1: Will, thank you so much from talk sport over in the uk uh, good friend will gavin joining us here on weekend joe driven by Munganas st louis acura here exclusively on KlavesOnline.com. Uh, man, it's it's it sucks to think that there there's a small chance that I might not see Will come January at the uh, Super Bowl. He and I have uh, become pretty good friends over the years doing that and then hanging out at, uh, at two WrestleManias uh, too. So it's uh, you know I wanted to get his kind of thoughts on everything that's going on with the uh, with the world of sports right now and how it's affecting some of the stuff going on over there in the uh, in the U.K. Hey, Kevin Miller, he's your guy if you're looking to buy or sell a home over in the St. Louis area. They're with, he's with Caldwell Banker Gundaker, phone number 314-503-4999. That's 314-503-4999, or you can find him online at smartmovestl.com. Kevin Miller has been buying and selling homes for decades here in St. Louis. He knows what's uh, what. He he knows what to look for once you uh, once you tell him what your uh, what your dream home is. Kevin Miller, his your priorities are his priorities. And uh, Kevin Miller is there for you. Like I said, the man, it seems like he never sleeps, and that's because he's always working for his clients at Caldwell Banker Gundaker. That phone number again, 314-503-4999. We take another break. Back with more of Weekend Joe, driven by S St. Louis Acura right here, exclusively on KlabesOnline.com. Recent events have shown that life can turn in an instant. This has caused many people to realize that estate planning is essential. The InSkip Law Firm is here to help with everything from trusts and wills to power of attorney, deeds, and probate. They have systems in place to service your needs without having to have an in-person consultation, flat fees so that you know what you're paying ahead of time, and they make the whole process easy. Call now 314-818-0344. Just a quick chat and you decide together what services are right for your situation. That's the InSkip Law Firm, I-N-S-K-I-P. And remember, the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertising. And welcome back in to Weekend Joe Driven by Munganat St. Louis Acura here on KlabesOnline.com as we head on out to the uh, the guest line And we welcome in a local comedian now as he's uh, back here in St. Louis, friend of the show, Greg Warren. What's going on, Greg? How are you? Hey, Joe. What's going on, man? I, uh, you know, I, as, we, as we sit here and we see the, you know, the NBA, the NHL, the baseball players all talking about being out of work, it's, it's more than just them that are, you know, they're not able to travel and they're not able to do stuff. It's, it's the comedians too, that, uh, that they can't go out and they can't do anything. Uh, we were talking about it before we started recording here. How long has it been since you have not been on the road for, I mean, I guess we're, we're closing in on almost three months now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
4: I think, um, it's gotta be when I, you know, I quit my day job in 2001. Uh, and, uh, since then I've been on the road. Uh, it's never been this long off. Yeah. Like 45 weeks a year or something usually.
1: And what, you know, it's when you talk about going into a, a comedy club to, to do a show, have you been, I mean, we're, we're closing in on the end of May here. It looks like some things are starting to open up. What, what kind of communication have you had with, with local comedy clubs? I mean, what's the outlook look like?
4: Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I talked to my agent the other day, who you know, who talks to clubs, every club in the country. and um. I think everybody's still sort of uncertain. There are some clubs open in a few. There's like Texas has a few. Um, Kansas City's got a club that's open. You know, they, uh, they offered me a date, I think, next week. And I, I kind of pushed – I pushed it to like July just because I know so many guys in, in, uh, in Kansas City. And it's one of those things where like I can't go hide after the show. You know, if I just go do some random show, I can just hide after the show and I really don't have any interaction with, I know so many people in KC, it's, you know, I have to go talk to them and interact and that's probably not going to be the best situation. So,
1: yeah. Uh I was going to say, some of these clubs, too. I'm guessing there's other ones that you know around the country and other parts of the country that you probably, you know, weren't that, weren't, weren't, maybe weren't that sanitary or clean to begin with. So maybe you're, <laughs> you're looking at, at avoiding some of those in other parts of the country, too, right? Yeah.
4: You know, I don't know. Uh, I don't think any club is terribly, you know, sanitized. I shouldn't say that, but <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there's some, there's some nice clubs out there, but, uh, yeah that's never been a concern um, I, uh, I I think it's going to be weird for a while. I think there will be comedy you know I think probably I'll be on the road on and off probably in you know starting in June here and there in the summer, but it's you know it'll be with reduced people and it'll it'll just be weird and i you know I think it could be weird until maybe you know sometime like march 2021. Uh, so, I mean, I do some corporate dates too, and those are, those are kind of getting postponed until 2021 and, uh, um, we'll
1: see, man. I mean, it's, uh,
4: it's weird. It's, it's a little weird.
1: And, And, you know, so we've seen, we've seen artists in different, in different forms of entertainment trying to do stuff. I've, I've enjoyed Luke Combs going on Instagram and putting on, you know, he'll play three songs from his home studio and and that's it. But he can, you know, he can do that. And it's just, you know, like going in a recording studio and doing something or yeah, I'm a a wrestling fan. And, but watching, watching raw, watching AEW without fans, it's hard to do with comedy. You need, you can't just go and do a a Facebook live and tell jokes, right? I mean, you need that. I mean, some people
4: are, yeah, I've gotten a lot of requests to do it and I've, you know, declined for a few reasons. I mean, I, I, I'm a little bit more of a purist when it comes to the art form of stand-up comedy. I, you know, I'm not so sure it works when you're just talking to a computer, but, um, you know, I respect the people that are, they're that doing it. I, I just, I don't, there's some people that are, that they want to predict doom and you're like, up will never be back. And part of me thinks, you know, I, I, that I think it'll be back. I think it'll be a while. Those people are just impatient. I also, I have a comedy special coming out in like late June. So I don't, you know, I don't want to accidentally burn some of that material in the worst manner possible. <laughs> you know, you're like, hey, let me, uh, you want to, uh, these guys spent a bunch of money to shoot a special and it's coming out. But I'm going to do those jokes, you know, over Skype or Zoom uh, to no audience members. <laughs> you can see it that way and just ruin it
1: you know? when uh where is the special coming out
4: uh amazon um in uh on june 30th
1: very nice where was it uh where'd you shoot that at in edwardsville actually at the really? wildy theater yeah yeah nice so yeah. it's it all i'll never never before heard uh heard stuff or yeah I, I you know if you wanted
4: to nitpick you might be able to find like a bit <laughs> or two in there that uh I don't think anything, that sh- any, none of it's shown up on video. There's like a, maybe a, a version, earlier version or two of a bit that appeared on a CD, but uh, it's, it's, it's for the most part uh, all new. And it's, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it.
1: Is this the first one that you've, uh, you've done for that, or have you done uh, recorded specials like this before?
4: Yeah, I've recorded. You know, I did a okay. half hour special for Comedy Central, oh, um, and I did a dry bar special, and, you know, a few different things um here and there but yeah it's the first hour that i've i guess the dry bar was close to an hour but yeah it's the first hour that we've done and it's uh yeah it's pretty cool man
1: you've seen all these streaming services that are that are coming out with the with the comedy specials it seems to be a uh it seems to be high demand that that we're seeing these uh these coming out what why do you think that that is
4: i don't know man i you know i i mean i uh I don't pay much attention to it to be really honest with you. Like I, I, you know, I just, I mean, I, I'm happy like when I have friends that uh, have some stuff coming out, but I don't pay a whole lot of attention to it. Um, I see so much stand up, you know, live that, I, that I don't watch a ton of it online, uh, or, you know, on TV, but, um, yeah, this thing, I, this actually was just going to be a CD. I was just going to release a CD and, um, got a pretty close relationship with Sirius radio and they, they play a lot of my stuff. So I was mostly just, Hey, let's debut it on Sirius, and then release it as a CD. And it, it gets, gets out there a lot. And, um, the people that produced my, my record label, the 800 pound gorilla was like, let's make this, let's shoot this, you know, and we'll, you know, we'll do both. So it's going to, it's going to premiere on, um, serious in mid June and then, uh, and then it'll be on video. And,
1: which, uh, which serious
4: channel is that going to be? I think you know, I, I think that they're going to do the premiere on Jeff and Larry's okay. Comedy Roundup, which is the old like blue collar comedy mm-hmm. station, and then I think it'll eventually play there in Laugh USA.
1: Nice. I, I've been back when I drove a car back in uh, yeah. March. Uh, I I mean, Sirius XM has been on all the time. I mean, that was oh, it's great. all yeah, I listened yeah. to. And I I found myself, I think it was around July of last year, driving to Cleveland for the all-star game. And I started listening more and more to the comedy stations. And I just really liked how they would go, you know, three, four minute jokes at a time yeah. and then switch to a different, it's like, I mean, it's like listening to any music station where you hear yeah, an artist yeah. for three minutes and then it's, they hit it and they're done and you move on to the next one. And I, I found myself going and finding those full hour long specials of, uh, of artists to hear what they, what they had long form too. Yeah. They're great,
4: man. I mean, they've, they've been really, really good to me. Yeah. And then, and and uh, days like, uh, you know, times like this, they're, uh, they're paying the bills where, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's the income, the only income that's coming in. It's, yeah. It's good.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> So when you see these other guys that are doing the uh, that that are doing the Skype or doing the the Zoom comedy, what are they changing their style? Are they changing their? Delivery? I not watch it.
4: I mean, I've watched yeah. very little bit, but I you know I don't watch it. It just and and I think some people are probably really good at it. And uh, I you know I'm not saying that I would never do it. I'm just saying right now, it just it seems like sort of a it seems like a little bit of a desperate move. Uh, and and some people need to make it, you know, and m- m- maybe they just get a couple of bucks here and there, but I, uh, I, I've, I've learned to sort of value material more than anything. So that there's, there's financial value and there's actual artistic value of like, Hey man, the, the, the biggest asset you have is, is new material. Mm-hmm. And what, you know, there's places where you can put it like serious radio, like, you know, a comedy special where you can generate income and how have people, you know, f- Figure out who you are in the best possible light. Why would you take those same jokes and throw them out there in the worst possible situation? Uh, Oh yeah, yeah.
1: No, I, I truly, I I totally get that. I mean, that's where it's different. You know, I talked about listening to artists doing music, and you know, for them, it's just it's like being at a concert where you've heard their stuff on the radio so many times and hearing it again fans don't mind that but with with comedy it feels like you can only hear a joke so many times before it you know you get that initial reaction to it yeah and then you have the ones that you go back to but yeah it's it, a it's- little
4: both yeah but I, I think you know you, you, you want to keep it somewhat fresh but yeah it's a little I, it's weird so I have like there's there's like five or six jokes that hang around where people come up episodes like why don't you do that you know they, like they want to hear you do it every time but mostly it's uh you know you got it I figure like if you're Back when, you know, comedians used to tour, uh, back, uh, before this, um, you know, you would go, if, if I could come to, if I went to a town once a year and I showed up the next year and I had 30 minutes of new material that I was doing really, really well. That's, that's about as well as I've ever done. Yeah. And you're doing an hour set. So it's, it, it can't all be new, but over time you turn it, you know, turn it over.
1: So, uh, we, we said that the comedy special comes out at the end of June on Amazon, um, as you, so when did you recorded this, I, I'm, I mean, obviously about a well year before- ago, man, it was really,
4: about, yeah. Yeah. July of last year. Man.
1: So have you, I mean, I, I, imagine, you know, much like anybody else that's off work right now, waiting for it to restart, or have you spent a lot of this time trying to come up with that new material? What have you, what have you done these past few months?
4: Uh, let me see, Joe. I've been all over the board here. I mean, I came out of the gate hot. I was writing really well for about a month and a half there. I was really productive. And then, uh, then I hit a wall and, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time ordering, uh, misordering stuff on Amazon. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, um, they should, should give me a special for how much money I've wasted on there. Uh, you're giving
1: giving that Jeff Bezos money right back to him. Oh yeah,
4: man. I bought some air filters the other day and, uh, you know, for my heating AC duct or whatever. And, um, I got like the wrong size. I got, I got these giant industrial air filters in (laughs) my house. So if Joe, if you know anybody that, uh, owns a Ford plant, like I, I can, uh, I can help them. I can give them those, you know, if you, <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you need it, if you need it, if you know somebody that needs to, uh, you know, uh, heat the, uh, the TWA dome or whatever it's called, uh, I can, I, I can help them out. You know? Nice.
1: Uh, we'll, uh, we'll put a, we'll put a note out there and okay, see what, yeah. uh, what so we yeah, can
4: I was, I was doing pretty well with writing and I, I have, I have, um, like my whole you know, career, it's, it's uh it's goes in spurts. You know, I think there's some, some guys that uh are a lot more consistent in their effort. And it, I mean, I, I usually try to do something every day involved with it. I've had like three or four projects that I told myself, Hey, if I ever got the time, I would write these things. I would do these side projects. And now like, I have to own up to the fact that, well, <laughs> maybe, maybe you wouldn't, you know, <laughs> I got, I got like two or three like projects and I'm one, my buddy and I started a podcast that I've been talking about doing for a long time. So that's cool. Um, and then, you know, I, I wrestled in college, uh, for Missouri and I, and I've done fooled around with some like, uh, wrestling mockumentaries and I, that, that got really popular with like, you know, wrestling people. And so I've always wanted to write, uh, a series you know like uh, I think probably an animated series about wrestling and uh, like a, a sitcom sort of thing and uh, I, I'm i paired up with this guy in New York who who is in the animation world and we've been um, you know working on it little by little for like the last four months and I'm starting to put more work into it over this uh, over this break not as much I- as I should
1: but uh, you know it's it sounds pretty productive to me. I, I did want to ask. I, as you, you know, all that you know, all that comes down to about you know three hours a day, maybe. Right, you know, but it's you know. still you're doing. I mean, <laughs> you're doing a new project. You're taking on something yeah. new. Yeah, I saw yeah, your. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw you know you, you mentioned your your career. You mentioned not watching other people do stuff, but I saw your your friend Roy Wood Jr. Uh, oh, he was great, doing. Man. He was doing something where he's going back and rewatching uh comedians do like their oh, first yeah, stand-up I, stuff i did see part of that yeah yeah would you go back and watch yourself god. you know we're talking 2000 we're talking 20 years ago 20 plus years ago would you want to go back and watch yourself i mean i wouldn't
4: want to you know uh I, it would be painful i can tell you that it was god i mean I, i'm not real crazy <laughs> about watching stuff i did six weeks ago
1: i'm the you same know, way
4: I'm, yeah i did you know exactly i'm just like the same well way. yeah I, I mean i over inflate how great i've improved in any amount of time you know like yeah yeah I'm so much better than I was six weeks ago no you're not I mean you you tend to fall in love with every new idea and think that everything old was terrible every now and then I watched and listened to a lot of stuff and you know like I had to edit help edit the special I had I've had to help edit several cds and different specials and different you know watch different tv appearances and it's It's always shocking the first time through. It's always like, I thought I looked better. I thought I was better. And then after like two or three times through, you start to make peace with it. You're like, no, this is pretty good. This is good. Like, this is okay. Yeah, I like this.
1: Yeah. Uh, you're always going to be your biggest critic. I, yeah, I can't stand watching or listening to the stuff I do either. It just, it's, it's cut, it's done. It's out there. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, that's kind of how I, I look I at it. I think that's
4: the way you have to live, man. Just give, just put it out there and forget about it and hope that it works out. And then, and then, um, you know, take a beating, uh, enjoy the YouTube comments and, and just, <laughs> you know, I, I can probably, I, I can, you know, there's, like, Drybar, they, they're so good with online presence. Like, they just get an in, insane amount of views. I've got these videos on Facebook that they put out that are, you know, there's like 2 million views. And there'll be like, you know, 600 comments on them. And, you know, I'll eventually find the one
1: that says, this guy's
4: god-awful. I, I don't get it. I hate him. <laughs>
1: Uh, Greg Warren, uh, next month, uh, the end of June, we will be looking for your comedy special coming out on Amazon. I'm looking forward to it. I, I, before we started doing this, I had no idea you had one coming out. So I'm, uh, I'm very much looking forward. Yeah, to man. I, you that, know, so. I,
4: I, um, I think I saw you a few months ago and we, we just, we weren't really sure where it was going to go. And yeah. I kind of left them up to it. Um, these guys, it's the, the company's called 800 pound gorilla. They're like the premier uh, record label with, uh, comedians and i was like one of their first guys several years ago and like four years ago they're pretty new and they they kind of know what they're doing um they uh and they they've come up with a strategy and like i said sirius is a big part of it um and now sirius owns pandora so they're a part of it yeah Yeah.
1: awesome man well best of luck with that oh thanks uh man yeah
4: yeah uh yeah you doing okay
1: Everything, yeah, everything's fine. I've I now working doing the stuff with Claves now, and working with his website. It has been so much fun these past few months. And you know the the ideas and the stuff that we've had to come up with based on when we started this. We were like, oh well, yeah. have Cardinal baseball, we'll have Blues playoffs. We're gonna hit the ground running with all yeah. of this. And then you look at it, and you're like, all right, what do we do now? And yeah, man, that
4: yeah, he's. I, I've been a fan of his for a long, long time, man. Uh, you know i'm trying to think i think i first probably heard him you know he he had a show on 590 the fan back in the day Mm -hmm. him and rammer for a while and then before that i think maybe it was just him and uh he's, he's he's just he's like a um as somebody who's listened to all the sports radio like since i was a kid like he's got a different uh, voice like he's got a really original take on sports radio
1: oh yeah and then just the, the names that he'll drop too of the, uh, of the people that he knows and the people that he, uh, he hangs out with I, uh, I had to call him out on one the other day to, to, dive, to dive deeper into it As he, uh, he just mentioned that he was just randomly hanging out with a Vander Holyfield over the holidays oh wow man and I'm just like you, you just can't that, that, that's not something you could just say in passing yeah. that's something that I need more detail that's the champ, on champ
4: man that's the champ right.
1: So I, I needed more from that, and he does that a lot. And I need him to uh, to expound on some of these. So,
4: yeah. How you know, long has he been in sports radio, or was it always in St. Louis?
1: It's always been in St. Louis. Um, God, I don't know. I don't know the actual year. He's. I mean, I gotta think he started in the '80s. I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd have to think that he he's been doing it since since then. So. Yeah, he's, he's been doing it for a uh, long time and knows a lot of people. And it's been a, uh, it's been a fun ride so far doing this. You remember, uh,
4: I'm, I'm trying to think like when I first listened, you know, other than Cardinal Baseball, of course, but like, like the, the early talk radio, I think Randy Carriker was was doing stuff <clears> when I was a kid. And then
1: first that I remember listening to sports talk would have been when Bernie and Randy were doing, was it the ITD drive home or roll home? And I want to okay. say that was back on – it was either on 590 or 1380, way back in the day. Yeah. And that, so that would have been back when I was in high school and I just started driving. So I, you're talking 2001, 2002, around then I think is when I okay. first yeah, started. I'm ta- yeah, thing. I'm
4: thinking like, yeah, you're so much younger than me. Like, I remember in the 80s there was this guy. He was never – he never. I don't think he had his own show, but I, I, he was on Camo X a lot. His name was Joel Bushbaum. You ever heard of him, man?
1: Hey, that name doesn't sound no, – Ask claims about Joel Bushbaum.
4: This guy – he was like the internet before there was an internet. Like he knew everything there was to know about pro football and there wasn't an internet back then. I think he wrote for pro football weekly or something like that. But, and he would do like a call in show or something and, or a segment. And these guys would call with the most obscure, you know, questions. He was like, Yeah, he was in the draft in 1984. He played for six weeks for Tampa Bay. uh, Caught a cold, never came back. Joe Bushbaum. News Radio 740 KTRH. I'm
1: Joel Bush. Yeah. I did that. I did it. So I've been doing a, uh, a segment here and there on, the, on this show where I, I found all these old cards, unopened packs of cards in, oh, that's awesome, in my basement. Man. And I've just been randomly opening up cards. And I did it with Balser uh, a few oh, weeks that's ago. Cool. Oh, I that's just, awesome. I just went into a box of football cards that I had. So these were already open, but I just grabbed out like three of them. And I was just like, I'm going to. Who, who, who do you remember? One of them was Reggie White, so yeah, wow. Balzer had a story on that. Another guy was some guard, some offensive guard that was from canada and was drafted in the first round by the los angeles rams in the 80s really and balzer just started reading off he was like oh yeah this this number pick yeah yeah uh, Balzer's only- one of those guys yeah, yeah yeah and he just starts naming this guy off and naming all this stuff about it i'm looking at the back of his card and it was almost like he had He's the back right. of the card in in front of him too and yeah, I'm just- that's amazing man Those right? i love those guys i love
4: i could listen to those guys forever man that, that, that yeah
1: um, so, so it was, it was absolutely incredible as I'm just sitting there doing that. And I did, so you remember uh, last week I did one with Demetri Young, the former yeah, man. Louis oh, the
4: guy who played for the Reds. And yes. uh, yeah, man, he so, was like, uh, for a while, wasn't he hitting that during the steroid years? Wasn't he hitting like 40 or 50 home runs? He was he no, was no,
1: no, no, not Demetri. I mean, that was Adam Dunn. That was hitting all the home runs for the Reds. No, the man. man. Oh, I'm think, Maybe I'm thinking of some. Oh, is Greg something? Greg Vaughn. Greg Vaughn. The Greg Vaughn. He he, hit, he was with he, the Padres. Yeah, he was hitting bombs. Yeah, him and yeah. Luis Gonzalez were uh were going at it. That. But one. I was
4: living in Cincinnati when Dimitri Young played for the Reds. I think. Yeah.
1: So he's doing a pro wrestling podcast now with Jason Kendall. No Pirate's catcher. Yes. The pack of cards I had was 92 tops cards. So it took like off. I mean, out of the plastic and everything, we had a Jason Kendall rookie card in there. And then we had a Ray Linkford card in there. so he was telling stories on both of them. It was, it was great people forget how good that guy is man Oh yeah he was, yeah he was, yeah I mean it was it was like during
4: sort of bad cardinal years though wasn't it Yeah right? I mean it was
1: right before Maguire I mean he was the star before Maguire came in and then right after Maguire you had pull holes and it just took off right. from there so yeah. he was in yeah he was in a rough era of uh of game but he was I mean he was still there Larussa's first year when they when they uh, lost to the Braves too so I mean, he had uh, that I was at the
4: game when they went up was that a five-game series or a seven-game
1: series? That was a seven-game series.
4: So they went up like 3-1, I think. And it, it, it was
1: uh, – Eckersley was uh, pointing at the dugout, the Braves' dugout, and it pissed them off. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes.
4: And we had the guy that was an ex-Brave or Red that hit two home runs. And Brian Jordan? Ron Gant hit two home oh, runs. Ron Gant, I was, yeah. I was at that game, man. And yeah. I think they went up 3-1, and then they <laughs> They just got smoked. <laughs> yeah, and I was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, that was brutal.
1: When I was producing uh, Jim Edmonds' radio show, we he had David Justice on, and David Justice talked about when when Eckersley pointed into the dugout, they all just kind of look. Or was it Eckersley, or was it, God? It was one of the guys. It, 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 no, I don't know if it was David Justice or if it was Maddox or Glavin. I don't know because Edmonds would have all those guys on, but one of them said like when Eckersley's pointing into the dugout, they're just looking at it like who the hell does this guy think he is? Like, <laughs> and it just pissed them off so much yeah. that they just went out and just won the next three games by a lot oh, of runs, too. It was brutal. And, yeah. So they –
4: But it wasn't an anomaly. I mean, they had such a good staff back then. You know, oh, that, yeah. That happened during the, during the season probably all you – know, where they shut down a team three games in a row regularly.
1: Yeah, it's not like, you know, when the Cardinals were winning World Series when they were throwing Jeff Supon out there. You know, you're not looking at names like that where you're wondering how this guy's doing Supan, it.
4: Supon, the Dreamweaver. Yeah. Uh, who's the guy that won game? Anthony Reyes. Uh, Reyes. Anthony Reyes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Who's yeah. a firefighter now. I mean, that's – That's he, what I – yeah, yeah, like a wild firefighter, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, you know, they actually had legit Hall of Famers in that rotation to shut you down for uh for that. Well, Greg, I uh, I don't want to keep you too much longer. Uh, I, you need to get back to writing your scripts for the for the animated show, right?
4: Yeah. Again, I said, uh, Joe, it's uh, we're we're three three hours <laughs> a day, if I'm lucky. You
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> what is what is the sleep? Because when you do comedy, I mean, you're you know, you're doing the late night shows. Has that messed with your sleep at all? With,
4: with- Yeah, I mean, it, 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 actually, it's uh, it's my sleep pattern is a little. It's fine now because you you know. I mean, when you're, comedy's a little weird because you sort of, you wind up usually doing some morning radio, so you're getting up at six, Mm. and then you're also like, come Friday night, you're doing two shows on Friday, two or three on Saturday, so you're up till, you know, one or two, so it, it, uh, so yeah, sleep's been better here.
1: Good. Well when you uh when you get that tour back uh back scheduled whenever you're able to uh to do that we look forward to seeing 2025 you 2025
4: is what we're looking at right now Is
1: that what you're you're looking so, at the the uh yeah. so the funny bone and uh helium oh. and all those places there they got your number they'll uh, they'll book you Yeah
4: no I mean <laughs> I I uh I think we we'll, I think things will be going next year I, I mean I'll do some gigs this year but I just not it's going to be weird until next year hopefully
1: Yeah. Well, we, uh, we look forward to that comedy special too, Greg. Thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks Joe. Good talking to you, man. Comedian Greg Warren here with us on Weekend Joe, driven by Mungo's St. Louis Acura here in ClavesOnline.com. I, I, when I when I booked him, I, I really had no idea that he has an Amazon special coming out at the end of June. That's awesome! I cannot wait to see uh, to just sit at home and watch Greg Warren on my uh, on my screen there on Amazon. That's awesome! Uh, congratulations to him. Cannot wait to see that. Uh, Coming out in just a few weeks. Hey, Weekend Joe is sponsored by Collinsville Auto Body. At Collinsville Auto Body, they're located at 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. And well, the uh, the folks there at Collinsville Autobody, uh, they'll they'll help you get that car back on the road fast. I know a lot of people out back out on the road, back driving to their jobs, and that's unfortunately probably going to result in a few accidents here and there. Collinsville Autobody will help you get back on the road fast. Working with most insurance providers at Collinsville Autobody, nine one one North Bluff Road in Collinsville. Take another break. Back with more Weekend Joe, driven by S St. Louis Acura exclusively on com Weekend Joe driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura here on ClavesOnline.com now the exclusive home of Weekend Joe. Hey, St. Louis Acura has received the Precision Team Award 28 times more than any other Acura dealership in the United States. They have been serving the St. Louis area since 1986, located at 13720 Manchester Road in St. Louis. They are your premier realtor of new and used Acura vehicles In the nation, that is S St. Louis Acura, the title sponsor here of Weekend Joe, now on clavesonline.com. And welcome back into Weekend Joe, driven by Munginess St. Louis Acura here on ClavesOnline.com. As we continue to roll on with our guest list this weekend, we head on out now and we welcome in the voice of the St. Louis Billikans. He is Bob Ramsey and he is on with us now. What's going on, Rammer? How are you?
5: It's great to talk to you, Joe. I follow you all over the place, but we haven't spoken in a while. It's good to hear your voice.
1: No, we really haven't. I mean, we, the only time we ever crossed paths was when I was randomly at the station uh, back in the day and you were random. there. Doing, or, yeah, I mean, it really was random uh, for how often I was at the station uh, the last year. So it was uh, few and far between. How, are, how is Bob Ramsey handling quarantine the past two months?
5: Well, I've been pretty fortunate in that, um, I don't have to go to my workplace, meaning the radio station. Um, and then the other thing I do, you know, I'm I'm building a a youth baseball and softball facility at the Lake of the Ozarks. So travel there has been very, very easy. Um, I stayed at a great hotel that does it's really a top of the line hotel called old Kinderhook and they, um, they have everything, um, uh, according to all quarantine regulations and everything's clean and so and then the other I'm out at the job site which is open air and you don't have to be confined with people so when you considering consider all those factors uh, I've been very fortunate in uh, in being able to work those jobs
1: how uh, how was the progress going with that I know it was stop and start for a while and and this I mean it had to be frustrating when some of the restrictions came out with this but Everything going well with that?
5: Yeah, you know, the, uh, the, the Wuhan restrictions has not really affected uh, the job site. What has, though, has been two months of rain. Ah. And uh, it has really been a, a frustrating slowdown. But again, considering everything that's happening in the world, we've been very fortunate, and uh, we continue to progress. And we'll have, uh, we'll have events for both uh, youth baseball and girls softball this fall
1: very good and you guys are not four billion dollars over budget like other venues that are being built in other
5: parts of the country don't even put that out in the universe joe please don't (laughs) jinx us please no we uh we have a a, a great uh general contractor who's running the show kissick construction out of kansas city you're doing a great job and uh we're currently in very good shape in that regard um in fact, we'll be announcing our official. There, there's some things on our website at uh, ballparksnational dot com, but it'll be official release sometime next week, and uh, we'll be ready to roll. That's awesome. That's then uh, yeah.
1: perfect timing then to uh, to have you on. I've seen the pictures of it, and I, I know. So you know, growing up, I, I I played a lot of baseball, but it was. My sister, who played a lot of softball at tournaments that played at fields like that, so I spent a lot of time at at facilities like that where you have all the ball fields in one area, and yep. you you have the tournaments going on all weekend long and i 'm very familiar with how that works and i always uh, I always have fond memories of those uh, those type of facilities
5: well, I knew you were a baseball guy and played in college, but i didn 't know about your sister and the thing that we 've learned, and we want to be sure that. Um, that uh, softball players understand that fast pitch um, gets it, that they're usually an afterthought at so many of these ballparks. And um, we want to be sure that they they know our fields are dedicated to girls of all ages playing ball. And um, uh, we want that to be, and it is, Uh, a major piece of what we're putting together
1: i I can humbly say that uh she was much more decorated than i was back in the uh back in the day and uh is in the uh is in our high school's hall of fame even so i can yeah so you know i i it's 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 tough for me to say but i can i can admit when you know the facts are actually there that she uh (laughs) Yeah, I think she had a much better career than, uh, than what I did. So, uh, so yes, that's, that starts in the fall. So I, I got to know, too, I mean, we're sitting here, we're doing a Zoom as we record this, and you said you're not having to go into the station at all. How is, uh, how is that going with it, it teaching, teaching you how to, uh, how to get uh, become this technologically advanced?
5: Well, you almost have to, right? And right. So with a lot of the meetings we've had over the last couple of months for Ballparks National, you know, I've had to learn and kind of hunt and peck and oh I, I clicked this and then then the video comes up on a Zoom meeting and I'm trying to talk. Oh, I gotta do the audio too. And so it's been um you gotta remember, when I was of an age of learning, we thought it was cool to have a Texas instruments um, calculator. That was cutting edge you know and so um yeah i i i'm i'm a slow learner but i am a learner so i'm i'm getting that
1: i take me back 2 months ago you and uh, you and earl getting ready to call some atlantic 10 basketball the uh, the tournament and that was, I mean, it feels like college basketball was kind of the first thing to shut everything down, that you saw the tournaments all just in succession, one after another, after another, to the point where the Big East tournament stopped at halftime of one of their games. They just said, we're done. We're not playing anymore. Where were you when, when all of this happened? Had you guys left yet for the, uh, for the tournament?
5: Yeah, we... Um we went up on, I believe, March 12th was a Thursday. We went up on Wednesday, the 11th, went checked into the hotel, went to practice. And at the time, most of us didn't really get what was going on. And but there was talk though that the virus thing was getting pretty serious. What were we going to do? And most in all the teams were in the same hotel. Uh, uh, over in Brooklyn, and it, you had a sense of gung-ho, we want to play, we're going to play, let us play kind of deal. Then the NBA shut down. Now we go, It's on. we're at practice on Thursday, early in the day, thir- late morning Thursday, and everybody's going, oh, what's going to happen here? A- across the East River over at Madison Square Garden, as you point out, the Big East is underway. Um, the Atlantic Ten had a game on, had some games on Wednesday night. They had some people over, um, over at the arena, the Barclays Center, getting ready to go. And once the NBA said we're shutting down, it was a quick trickle down. And we're at practice a little before lunchtime on Thursday. Phone call came. Chris May, the director of athletics at St. Louis U, was over in the gym, too. Coach was on the phone. Players are playing, and then they they gathered the players together. The players went players only down in the corner. In fact, I took a picture and tweeted, and I said, is this the last players meeting of the year? They came out. Chris and Travis said, season's over. The tournament is canceled. So it's on the 12th. I was lucky. I got on the phone right away. You know, we're, we're a Learfield product. For those who don't know, they're a, a game producer and really a Learfield IMG. I don't know the exact number, but it's probably 90% of college athletics come under their corporate umbrella. Um, called right away, and they got us on a flight that afternoon to get out. At the time, I just wanted to go home. I didn't think about the danger. We're in New York City. We're at what's, what became the epicenter. Um first of all knowing now what knowing now what we should have known probably should never have let us go to New York right in the first place in the second place they probably should have never let us leave you know we're we're in brooklyn we're walking around the streets we're eating we're in a hotel I, I don't know if anybody got sick at the time or not they probably shouldn't have let us leave but i'm glad they did and we got out of there on the 12th and then everything really that weekend really started shutting down. You know, it was dominoes, one thing after another. So it was, um, it was, uh, it was a crazy time. But crazier in retrospect, two, three, four days a week later, and you're going, my God, we were in New York City. Yeah. Uh, what if we'd gotten sick? What if somebody on the team had gotten sick? Uh, and so, it, it all sort of worked out but it 's kind of scary when you think about the timing of it
1: oh I'm, I, I agree and i can i mean I can relate to that too, because I was down i mean I was in Miami for the Super Bowl, and oh, I, it wow. was what i mean March April when stories started coming out that it might have been around then it might have you know it might have first yeah. come to uh, the u s in Miami at the Super Bowl. And, you know, when we were down there at first, there was, you know, you had heard about it and everything. And there was, you know, nobody was taking it seriously back in January. right? And then I, I, from the time I got back from Miami at the beginning of February to the time I left a week or two weeks later to go to spring training back down in Southern Florida, I the, the seriousness of it had, had grown so much. And it's crazy to think about now, you know, looking back at it then that I was down in Southern Florida twice in a span of, you know, I think it was basically three out of four weeks. I was down there when, when it was there. Wild. Yeah, Yeah, that's
5: wild. So Um, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and so, you know, we're all, and, and like other people in other businesses, but in sports, you know, it's routine to be spread out all over the place. And for folks to get home well, um, so many of us are really lucky that we were able to do that.
1: Yeah. So here we sit. I mean, we're eleven weeks now without sports. Uh, it's it's crazy to think, you know, I that, that eleven weeks have gone by and we have not seen a single professional sport on on TV right now. What is right. your concern level with? baseball because NBA and NHL it seems like they're close to figuring it out baseball seems to be the one that it's who knows what's going to happen
5: you know um, I mentioned this on the radio the other day the old saying it's always darkest before the dawn that seems to really ring true with baseball negotiations historically that there's no chance there's no chance it's getting worse it's getting worse. And then at the 11th hour or sometime the 13th hour after things are really a mess, they'll get it together. We've lost seasons before. We've lost major portions of seasons before. So I do think there is a chance this darkest before the dawn thing could pay off. But by the same token, you know, um, uh, the strike in the early nineties really ushered in the juiced era and, um, we could be on the brink of something like that again. Not saying that they'll go back to using steroids again. What I'm saying is that um, a shutdown, a complete shutdown now, could, um, and I think absolutely will, uh, have dramatic consequences on what baseball will be in the future. Um, things like the DH, changing of uh, the way uh, uh, ball games are scheduled, balance schedules. Uh, uh, breaking it into three leagues, uh, I think there's all kinds of things that could, there could be dramatic changes coming out of this.
1: I, I think the minor leagues are going to be what, what might suffer the most. And I think we might see the, the biggest change is organizational uh, wide with how few minor league teams there, there might be. I mean, there was already talk of it. And now how many of these guys are losing their jobs this, this week that might never play baseball again?
5: I think that's a, a real shame. And my hope is if that MLB continues down this track that we in America support independent baseball and that, you know, that's a tough way to go, though, for a minor league team because then they'd have to go find the players and pay the players and the attendants would have to support it. So that's a, a, a real hard way um, uh, in, a, in a business model. To make it happen. But I think it's a real shame that MLB is letting that go. Do they really think that they can use college baseball as their minor leagues, like football does? I think it'll fail, but we've never really tried it before. We'll have to see.
1: And the scouting departments are really going to have their work cut out for them, trying to go find those uh, diamonds in the rough and and go and build, you know, some sort of uh, beyond you know forty players to uh, to a team. And You mentioned the uh, the way, I mean, the communities there, the the cities that have that. I I one of the, the 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 most fun I had one summer was when I was living in Galesburg, Illinois, and I had three single A. Teams about forty-five minutes away from me. I could go to Peoria. I could go to Burlington. I can go to the Quad Cities and watch a single A baseball game. And those communities really do. I mean, it's you're not getting. You know, you're not getting forty thousand in a stadium, but you're still getting. I mean, if you get five thousand in a stadium, that's that's a lot of money coming in, and that's you know, that's something for those communities to do.
5: Yeah, you know, I got my start in baseball in at Shreveport in the Texas League. And um, they didn't do well. In fact, Shreveport doesn't have a team anymore. But for a number of years in the, in the late 80s and through the 90s, they did pretty well. And the economy there changed a little bit. But to think of um, all the great athletes that came through and kind of um, earned their way to the big leagues. You know, you, you think about a guy coming out of college. There aren't very many that can go right from college to even AAA or the big leagues. That it does take more seasoning on a professional level. I'll be interested to see the model that MLB is going to try to come up with to go without uh, a significant, um, a significant uh, uh, chain of, of of minor league ball clubs.
1: Yeah, hopefully uh, answers on that soon. How much of the? I'm guessing you watched the Last Dance the uh, these past few weeks.
5: I really liked it. I was going to yeah, add what I'm your.
1: Where where did you stand on Jordan before? Where do you stand after seeing those ten episodes?
5: I compared it to reading um, John Feinstein's season on the brink, um, where he followed uh, uh, he followed Indiana basketball for a year and was very truthful. And a lot of people turned on Bob Knight and and kind of opened up some eyes. And uh, I kind of liked Bob Knight and basketball more. Um, goes back too, to to. Even when I was a kid, and Jim Bouton wrote about ball, wrote ball four, um, sort of a tell-all about baseball, and people were really upset. I liked the game even more, so I really had an appreciation for uh, uh, for Jordan. Um, You know, um, were all the warts uncovered? No, probably not. But that's okay with me. Uh, I I enjoyed it, and uh, uh, I'm fine with the portrayal. of not only Jordan, but the game then. Do you ever cross paths with uh, Jordan? Never met him. Nope, never have. Okay.
1: I figured as long as, as through your career, I figured there might have been something at some point that you uh, you came close.
5: No, you know, um, I, uh, for those who don't know, um, I did college basketball at Louisiana Tech and uh, when Carnal Malone was there. So um, he and I stay in touch occasionally. Um, but that's about it. That's about the only NBA contacts you know uh you know Larry Hughes of course Bradley Beal you run into occasionally but um, not not a lot of contact with the NBA. uh,
1: You know Carl Malone didn't uh he chose not to uh not to speak at uh at that that was a little surprising that he came out afterwards and had his uh, ESPN moments on the uh, on the last dance, but he wasn't, uh, wasn't featured at all in the last dance.
5: Well, no, he was a little bit. You know, they had one little interview um, regard to the Dream Team and then um, one other quick few-second exchange in the hallway. But what I loved the most as a mailman fan was the juxtaposition between Isaiah Thomas trying to defend, not shaking hands after losing uh, in the conference finals, it, You know, uh, counterbalance that with Malone losing at home in the championship and coming out to the team bus of the Chicago Bulls and going through and congratulating all the Bulls on their championship. And I really enjoyed um, that comparison.
1: You would, um, I don't know if you've heard, but last week I had Eric Bischoff on the show, the, uh, the former WCW, uh, the guy that ran WCW back in the day. And he talked about the difference between teaching Carl Malone how to wrestle compared to teaching Dennis Rodman how to wrestle back in 98. Uh,
5: what was, was there a weighing difference or were there many? Or oh my God.
1: Like? Oh, it, he said it was, it was night and day. He said both of the guys understood it so well with being athletes, and he he thought both would have done a really good job if they would have, you know, committed to wrestling full-time if they weren't such great basketball players. He said, but trying to teach Dennis Rodman something and how you had to go about it to how you taught Carl Malone something, he said, was so different the way that their minds worked and how they learned and were able to pick up on things.
5: That's wild. And probably when you think about it, that's probably what you would expect.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the, what he, the stuff he was saying about the way Rodman would show up to trainings and the way that he would get, I mean, it's, I've never met Dennis Rodman, never, never talked to Dennis Rodman, but the stories that you hear about it or read about him, it makes absolutely perfect sense.
5: Yeah, it sure <laughs> does. No questions.
1: Well, Rammer, I appreciate the, uh, the time. We are, uh, we are going to try to get you on an uh, episode of Off the Wall here soon that'll be up on the uh, on the website i look forward to seeing what uh, what kind of things you might have collected over the years that you might have showcased in uh in your home from your uh, from your career
5: we'll uh we'll take a look in my dig me room and see if there's anything interesting
1: sounds good rammer have a, a great rest of your day thank you for the time
5: thank you anytime
1: and that was Bob Ramsey the voice of the Billikens joining us here on Weekend Joe driven by Munganas St Louis Acura here on Clavesonline.com Hey the uh, the folks at Munganas St Louis Acura right now $750 yes $750 is what they are offering all first responders and healthcare workers who are looking to buy or lease a new 2020 Acura, that's $750 towards buying or leasing a brand new 2020 Acura at St. Louis Acura. Among that, St. Louis Acura, the title sponsor here of Weekend Joe. You can contact them for more Information open on uh, open today here on Saturday, and uh, then again starting on Monday. They're they're closed on Sundays, so open on Saturday and then uh, Monday. Uh, they reopen on Monday. The folks at Munganas St. Louis Acura. We uh, take a uh, another break here. Come back with more Weekend Joe, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura here on ClavesOnline.com. Recent events have shown that life can turn in an instant. This has caused many people to realize that estate planning is essential. The InSkip Law Firm is here to help with everything from trust and wills to power of attorney, deeds, and probate. They have systems in place to service your needs without having to have an in-person consultation, flat fees so that you know what you're paying ahead of time, and they make the whole process easy. Call now 314 314- Just a quick chat and you decide together what services are right for your situation. That's the InSkip Law Firm. I-N-S-K-I-P. And remember the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertising. And welcome back into Klaibs Online Weekend Joe, driven by Munganast St. Louis Acura, As we uh, continue on with our guest list today, and we head on out and welcome in the Navy vet as uh, Gabe George, the one-armed archer joining us now. Gabe, what's going on, man? How
6: are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. How are you doing, Joe?
1: I am uh, doing well. The, the title there, the name, it, uh, I think it's uh, pretty self-explanatory. The, uh, the one-armed archer is we, uh, you, 10 years ago, you, um, you, you had a, a motorcycle accident that uh, unfortunately left you um, with, uh, w- with having to lose an arm.
6: Yep. Well, I was paralyzed in an accident by April 1st, 2008, in a motorcycle accident. And it was actually about February, so a couple of months ago, that I actually had to amputate it. Amputated.
1: And uh, so the, the, the archery thing is you, you head to uh, – you, you are going to be in the Paralympics whenever whenever they, they are. <laughs> uh, that, that moved, to to 2021, right, over in Tokyo?
6: Last we heard, it's 2021. But there's iffy. It's right now it's, uh, until they find a virus or a, cure, a vaccine, should I say. And so everything's on hold until then.
1: And I, I would imagine it's because, you know – uh, men, if many of the athletes would probably be considered high risk.
6: Yes, and with people coming from all over the world to compete, and then the whole quarantine situations from and time, yeah, it's a big mess. But you know, it gives us more time to train and practice. Oh, so when uh, when did you first pick up a uh, a bow? I first picked up my first bow would have been I guess almost two and a half years ago. I was in San Diego at a veteran summer sports clinic that the VA puts on. And I, it's like they, put, they introduce you to a couple of different sports throughout the week. And they took us to the archery clinic. And I was sitting there watching everybody else shoot. I'm like, okay, this is cool. But, man, you know, I get to watch everybody. <laughs> and it wasn't until one of the coaches came up. He said, no, no, come here. And he pulled a string out of his pocket. And he wrapped it around the bowstring. He said, here, bite down on this and pull. And I was like, what? And he said, yeah, just bite down and pull. Yeah, I remember that day, I was let, once I let go and that arrow hit the target, I was like, oh, wow.
1: Oh, so your first shot hit the target when you did this.
6: Oh, yeah. I mean, we were shooting very close. We were shooting like okay. five right, five <laughs> yards. So, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't hit the bullseye, but I hit the, just, just yeah, hitting the paper was something just intended. I was actually able to do this.
1: So if you, say you started doing this 15 years ago, if you would have started shooting a bow and arrow with, with two arms, with two Absolutely. hands, do you think that the transition would have been more difficult, or do you think because you you started it
6: well, I mean, recently like, that you with archery? Archery is one more so a lot more mental than it's physical. You know, there is a physical aspect, but it can be an adapted that almost anybody can do it. Like I, I have a buddy on the uh, Paralympic team that has no arms and he shoots archery. So it's How? very adaptive. <laughs> yeah, with his feet, he he yeah uses. His, <laughs> you gotta look him up. His name they call him the armless archer. Um, what, oh shoot, what is Ben? Not Ben. Ah, uh, got dog. I went blank trying to talk about his name, but YouTube the armless Archer. You'll find him. Matt Matt Sutton. That's his name. <laughs>
1: jeez uh, that's I mean, so I've seen I've seen contortionists do it I think on America's got talent there was a girl that that did it with her feet that she would go it's up pretty right much down.
6: like that yep it's almost like to see him he sits down and he picks up the bow with one of his left leg and holds it in his toes cuz he's he he has a lot of dexterity in his toes cuz he was born with no arms so it's it's when once you learn to how to adapt something you know anybody can do it with me, of- I, I was say 15 years ago, if I was using shooting with, with more it'll just have you have that mindset and the structure of going through your cycle and your training of archery. But sh- when you, I've had buddies on the team that have had lost use of arms, so they went to mouth and now they use shoulder the harnesses. It's, it's you, you adapt to overcome anything you want to do. The,
1: the two of you guys, uh, you guys should talk about getting on a show like America's Got Talent <laughs> and doing something like that with uh. With that,
6: he he's done. I'm pretty sure he's done a lot more than I have. he's he's a lot more well known.
1: So how does it work at the at the Paralympics when you, you you said you're going up against the guy who was born without arms? How do they do? How do they categorize that? Well,
6: in the Paralympics, I was like for every sport, we have a classifications for every sport. So everyone has to be classified and every classification is different versus like injury disability or illness and certain things like that. There's a classification for pretty much what you're able to do and how you're able to do it. And that's how they rank us versus how we go against each other and versus how or if we're shooting against able body. But we still okay. shoot the same distances. We still shoot the same rounds, same boat. Yeah, nobody else, nobody on the parasite in archery pretty much has anything majorly adapted to their boat. Nothing right. changes to make it easier.
1: Got so when you go into that, how do you assess your competition?
6: For me, my first thing was starting to, it's my, my major competition is myself. Because with archery, it's you, you, you can see all these other pros. You can see all these guys that are great at shooting. But with archery, it's, it's all about the time you put into it. And learning, because you always got to beat yourself. You want the same shot. You repeat the same process over and over. And the only person you got to beat is your last shot. You're, you're keeping that same consistency. And if you go out there thinking about who's next to you or how they're shooting, you won't be in it at all because it and it goes. Some people have great days. Some people we are sure you can go out and have a great day and the following next day, have a horrible day. So but it's a like I say, it's more mental than it is physical. And you have to train and have that mental uh calmness and, and training to be like, OK, I'm here to do this. And let me just focus and get it done.
1: As being part of the, uh, you know, being uh, in the Navy, I would imagine, prepared you for, uh, for, for that mental toughness.
6: I would say it helped me a lot through, to, through the stressful situations so that I'm calm and stressful when things are going wrong or when something I can't figure out what's going wrong at the time. Yeah, it's very helpful.
1: So you you did you know you just, what else have you picked up since your uh, since since you lost your arm? What other what other things have you found yourself doing oh, man, over the man. last uh, ten years or so? Whew.
6: Not sitting down. That's that's the thing. Um, I can say like I, I've been over especially over the last few, couple of years. I've been heavily involved in multiple adaptive sports like outside of archery. Uh, I race sailboats with a couple of uh, groups, uh, veteran groups. One of them called Warrior Sailing, where we do Charleston Race Week and different regattas all across the country throughout the year. And we actually sailing and racing against able-bodied people, nothing like you know, other people without disabilities and stuff. Um, not sailing. Pickleball is one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> it's I, one of the fastest-growing sports in the record, too. It I is, love yes. That. It's, that's the one I get to move around and use my body a lot and not be beat afterwards going. Um, when I've not been pickleball scuba diving would be my next, like it's to me, it's, a, they say it's a sport, but to me, it's very therapeutic. But that's the one it, that helps me release my pain.
1: And they sent me, they, they sent me the list of all of the, uh, the social media. I, I really, I encourage people to go to Instagram and check out the videos and the, uh, the stuff that you show on there, but uh, TikTok, Gabe, TikTok, come on.
6: I have a daughter. <laughs> and, <laughs> she's 11 years old
1: okay and it, it makes more like, sense now. It,
6: it, she came with it i had no idea what tiktok was what it's about and i remember the first day i downloaded i'm like what is this craziness i don't i don't understand it and then she starts coming to show me videos after, and i, and I realize if i'm not on this there's nothing i can control in the light like, because tiktok shows everything to everyone <laughs> and i'm like okay but as you can see my page I, I get talked about a lot cuz I don't post enough. All of her her friends at school have it. They follow me and they're like, "Your dad needs to post more." And I'm like <laughs> So yeah, I, I you know, TikTok is going to be the next big big thing. So, you can't believe it. I've,
1: I've been aware of it for a while. I'm not on it, but I have seen the uh the snacking video, the 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 girl who does the I am snacking and I've oh. uh, I've watched that over and over and over again. Uh, to where
6: so many trends. It, it's very creative of how you can remake stuff with the sounds and go over voiceovers and all that. But, yeah, it takes a lot of time. And for somebody that's trying to train a whole lot and focus, it, and I'm like, oh, I got to post and I got to record and I got to get the camera while I'm trying to do, while I'm single-handedly doing all this. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it, it makes it a challenge, but, you know. I try to make it make it fun for everybody cuz you know they don't see you posting nobody knows what's going on and it's not doing anything so I'm getting better well, uh- at it. Best of luck to
1: you as you uh, keep on training. Uh, and hopefully, in 2021, Tokyo will be able to host the uh, the Paralympics. As I know, they are planning on hosting the uh, the Olympics too. So hopefully, they are able to sort everything out and get the Paralympics there as Definitely. well. Um, you can find your uh, find all of your stuff Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at the One Arm Archer. Uh, TikTok is the One Armed. Archer. So
6: they're all the one armed. Yeah. The one armed archer. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. All right. So they have them all on there. Uh, one Arm Archer is where you could find everything on, uh, on on all social media platforms. Gabe, thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it.
6: Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate you too.
1: Paralympic athlete and Navy vet, that is Gabe George joining us here on Weekend Joe. Just a, a truly inspirational story there. The one armed archer as uh, you can find all of his stuff online. Uh, this is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganess St. Louis Acura here on uh, uh, KlebsOnline.com. And the folks at Munganas St. Louis Acura, $750 towards a new 2020 Acura. If you're buying or leasing a new 2020 Acura and you're a first responder or healthcare worker, Munganas St. Louis Acura is giving you $750 towards buying or leasing that new 2020 Acura contact. Munganas St. Louis Acura today for more information. Information. Also, uh, the show sponsored by the Inskip Law Firm. Don't hesitate to call the Inskip Law Firm when it comes to estate planning, wills, trust, or power of attorneys. Corey Inskip, he's your guy over at the Inskip Law Firm, helping out uh, so many people with uh, with that during these uh, during these crazy times. As he is here to help you as well. That's Corey Inskip at the Inskip Law Firm. I N S K. I P. The Inskip Law Firm. Remember, the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertising. Take a break. Back with more of Weekend Joe, driven by Munganess St. St. Louis Acura, here on KlabesOnline.com. Weekend Joe, driven by Munganess St. Louis Acura, here on ClavesOnline.com now the exclusive home of Weekend Joe. Hey, St. Louis Acura has received the Precision Team Award 28 times more than any other Acura dealership in the United States. They have been serving the St. Louis area since 1986, located at 13720 Manchester Road in St. Louis. They are your premier realtor of new and used Acura vehicles In the nation, that is Munganas St. Louis Acura, the title sponsor here of Weekend Joe, now on clavesonline.com. Back here, final segment of Weekend Joe, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura here on clavesonline.com. I told you earlier in the show, uh hey healthcare workers first responders if you guys are listening to this or you know somebody that's a first responder or healthcare worker let them know that until July 6 $750 towards buying or leasing a new 2020 Acura a new 2020 Acura that is the deal they have for you at Munganese St. Louis Acura right now it's a uh, that's a, that's a $750 go a long way towards getting that new car that new 2020 Acura. Uh, great interviews there with Greg Wasinski, with Will Gavin, with Greg Warren, Bob Ramsey, Gabe George, uh, a full list of shows for you. And I do want to remind everybody, every day, hey, this day in Cardinal history, up each and every day. New uh, new episodes, hey, June is uh, is next week, so new stories. I uh, we, we just started working on those this week. Uh, you will like some of the stories you hear in the month of June. A lot of Cardinal audio, uh, old, old Cardinal audio coming your way, too. There on this day in Cardinal history. And then lunch with Klabes and Joe is Monday around 1230 or so. That's when we shoot for around 1230, about 1230 to one o'clock is when the show usually airs. And then the video is always up on YouTube and the audio will be in the uh, the podcast page. So plenty of uh, stuff coming your way there on klabesonline.com. Andy, we have to uh, get to crack slippers before we get out of here. So uh, if you would do the honors. Some stories just
0: aren't meant to hit the mainstream news. We picked those stories up here on Weekend Joe.
1: These are the Crack Slippers with Joe Roderick on Klabe's Online. Andy, you know that uh, this past quarantine, so I'm down about 15 pounds in uh, in quarantine over the last two, uh, the last, I guess, 11 weeks now as I've uh, been finding my own workouts. Like last Saturday, I ran a half marathon uh monday i did the murph challenge the memorial day murph um saturday so by the time people are listening to this i play i have an eight mile run that i'm planning saturday a 10 mile run on monday i just i'm constantly coming up with workouts what i did earlier this week too uh the belleville east track is open and i had been having to jump the fence to get into it under the track but monday (laughs) with all of the openings now it has, uh, it, uh, they unlocked all of that, so I don't have to jump the fence anymore, so that's really nice.
0: Well, yeah, uh, you're, I guess... you're, not, you're no longer trespassing.
1: Right, exactly, and uh, right. No, right. nobody had said anything to me, no, nobody had said anything to me before, but I also rolled one of those big, huge tractor tires over there from where the football practice field was over to the bleachers, and I brought my own sledgehammer from home, and I have been swinging that on the tire, along with doing tire flips, so that has been, you know, so I've been, I've been making a lot of my own workouts is what I'm getting at. And I would imagine a lot of these athletes also have been having to make their own, uh, workouts. How about this Rams safety, Andy Taylor rap, never heard of him before. Okay. He posted last Saturday that in one day he burned 10,521 calories. That's like Michael Phelps level. Michael Phelps eats that many calories in a day. This guy burned that many calories in a day. I thought Michael Phelps ate like 20,000
0: calories a day and burned like 17,000 of them.
1: I mean, you have to burn all of them I mean, to maintain a weight. He has to burn as many as he eats, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's the equation. Yeah. So he began his day-long workout at 4.30 in the morning and finished at 9.10 p.m. Andy, he biked 125 miles, 103 of them in one ride. He swam 1.25 miles. He hiked four miles, ran three miles, and did a short workout. A short workout?
0: Yes. Over the course of 16 hours. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, what's a traditional Ironman triathlon? Is it 26.2? Running, running a full marathon.
1: Uh, So 20, I don't, I'm not sure on the whole mileage for Ironmans or ultras or anything like that, but after, so I saw this Saturday night and I went and looked because Saturday morning, I told you I ran a half marathon on Saturday. I ran, I got out and I mapped out 13.1 miles and I ran that and Andy on Saturday, Those miles that I ran, the 13.1 miles I ran, according to my watch, I burned 2,670 calories. Oh, wow. So multiply that by, what, three and a half?
0: You say you yeah, three and a half, four, somewhere around there. Yeah. So an Ironman triathlon is one of a series of long-distance triathlon races organized by World Triathlon Corporation – Consisting of a two point four mile swim, a one hundred and twelve mile bike ride, and a twenty six point two two mile run raced in that order.: God so he basically he basically did a triathlon.
1: Well, he goes on and he says, <clears throat> by the way, he had hundred tackles last year in his rookie season, so huh. <laughs> that's i I'd never heard of the guy before, but good for him. He's he, good. uh in in that day. He went 93,963 steps. He traveled 53.27 miles and worked out for a total of 18 hours and 21 minutes. My goodness. I, I just went and looked because I was interested in knowing what my record was for most steps in a day. Because it usually is around Super Bowl when I'm usually hitting like 30, 35,000 steps a day the most steps that i've ever had in a day since having my uh my fitbit since having my or not my fitbit my my watch is 41,000 steps in a day how many 41,000 and that that was that, was, that, was that a super bowl that is not a super bowl that was wrestlemania in new york the day of wrestlemania in new york april 7th 2019 It should be noted, I do want to make this noted, that a lot of my steps came from midnight to about 5 a.m. and then didn't start up again the next day till about 11 (laughs) a.m. And then the steps completely stopped for four hours, five hours during WrestleMania that day.
0: (laughs) What were you doing between midnight (laughs) and 5 a.m.?
1: Hanging out with uh, Will Gavin and other people from London, from (laughs) England, and Going out to uh pubs, they were finding all of the international pubs and taking me to them because the day before was my birthday, and we finished up at a wrestling show at midnight and decided to go out and celebrate. <clears throat> well, that's kind of fun it's a good. Yeah. yeah, we ended up at a diner at about three thirty in the morning, I think we all pe- fell asleep at the uh, the diner table <laughs> as we were waiting for our breakfast, so yeah. No, it was a, uh, yeah, but that was, I, I was surprised that that was the most steps that I've had in a day I'm shocked by that too. But yeah, this, this guy on the Rams, that's just, it's, it's un, unimaginable fit, Just 10,000 calories in a day is, is absolutely unreal. Uh, good I've I,
0: Taylor, what, you,
1: what was that? What was
0: his name? Taylor Taylor, Rapp? Taylor Rupp Rupp. All right. Good for you, Taylor Rupp.
1: Do you, you think can... that you have ever consumed 10,000 calories in a day? No. Really? No. I think I have Oh, no. Uh, think about, I mean, think about drinking. Okay? Think about adding those calories on to that as well.
0: Okay? No. Okay. I think probably the most I've ever consumed in one day is probably 5 to 6,000 with drinking.
1: <clears throat> really? Yeah. Like how many calories are like in a Bud Light? Uh 90. I, God, I, I mean, 10,000 might be pushing it, but I, I guarantee I've consumed way over 5,000, 6,000 calories in a day.
0: Yeah. I don't know. The, I, I, maybe I have. I, mean, I, I know that you're a nacho aficionado, and that sometimes nachos can really get it like in, into that, could probably get in that 5,000 <laughs> range, depending on how much beef and cheese is on it.
1: Right. And think if you're at a Mexican restaurant and you're drinking like a frozen strawberry margarita and all the sugar and calories that are in that along with the alcohol. Like, like, I think like like a a monster sized
0: margarita at Red Lobster has like 2000 calories in it. See, I've never had one of those.
1: And then you add on like a 3000 calorie nacho plate and then you talk about the other meals and stuff that you consume during the day. Consuming, I think consuming 10,000 calories in a day, I feel is very easy to do. Well, if you want to sit down and have
0: eggs, bacon, French toast, biscuits and gravy. and, and Yes, don't...
1: I want that every day. Yes.
0: So you, I mean, you could easily consume 3,000 3, calories at each meal if you wanted to.
1: Yes. And I want to do that every day.
0: And you go to Bobby's or your, fro- your favorite frozen custard place twice a day.
1: Yes, that sounds like an amazing day.
0: <laughs> your inner fat kid is coming out
1: <laughs> right all of that sounds so delicious okay we need to well i do need to actually go eat anyway i really am hungry and, uh, <laughs> this isn't helping at all as we uh, as we wrap up the show here uh today andy uh, appreciate it as always we will talk to you again next weekend
0: sounds good joseph have a great rest of your weekend All you listeners out there, thanks so much for tuning in, and uh, we'll talk to you next weekend as well.
1: Yeah, everybody have a great week. Weather looks to be absolutely amazing, so hopefully everybody can get out there and enjoy it. For Andy Hanselman, I'm Joe Roderick. This has been Weekend Joe, driven by Munganat St. Louis Acura, right here exclusively on clavesonline.com.